Gentlemen, members of the national office are coming here tonight for their annual inspection of this theater. Right now, I'm going to explain to you my managing style for the benefit of the new guys. <laughs> so there you are, Tubby. Ah, you look like a bucket of lard on a bad day. You baby gorilla. Why don't you work a zoo and stop bothering people? Got a call yesterday from Baskin Robbins. They said that they're down to only five flavors. You're swelling up as I talk to you. Look at you. How's this? How's it doing? Hello, ice cream. Having a good time? Running around? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I called your friend a fat pig, huh? You think that's funny? Oh, no, I was just laughing uh, earlier when you were talking to his belly. Don't you get a horse and live in the mountains someplace? <laughs> Don't bother anybody. Got a personality like a dead moth. Okay. The fun's over. Anybody messes this thing up for me tonight is through. Not only are you fired, your life is over. I'll see to it that you never work again and that you wind up tearing tickets off in Kuwait. And everybody's sucking sand. Nobody messes up. You understand me? Don't mess up. Well, I met her out at Murphy's restaurant She said she was fresh from the farm And I remember thinking for a country girl That she went pretty well armed We sat there talking by the lobster tank I ordered her a slow jam fizz And when them chicken fried steaks arrived She said, I like living like this So I met her Oh, boys, that's some fun living music right there. Let me tell you guys what. Hey, Jay, you have some homework to do right now. You're plugging that when we come around to you, okay? All righty. Okay, just so you have time to uh, to do it. Word. Tonight, Tonight's show brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out, predatorflygear.com. Yep, A-Rex Hooks. Find anything you're looking for, find them on our website, arxhooks.com. Also, Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com. Also, get into the Beast of the East uh Fly Fishing Muskie Tournament. Uh, registration has to be in by September this Friday. 15th. Uh, so if you're going to get in, get in soon. I'm sending mine in tomorrow morning. <clears throat> it's going out. Uh, get them in there. It's a great time. And uh, I know we've been in it for, what, four years now? Mark's been in it for three years. And we love it. We love this since the first time we did it, man. We, I, I can't wait to get on the big river. Awesome water, too. Yeah. Great water to fish for the tournament. Lake or River. Uh, give out the uh, the email address for someone to get a packet also. While you're doing that, I'm going to uh, plug a Why Not Fishing. Check them out, whynotfishing.com, and check out their app, The Dock. Oh, it's Dwarf Genetics. Anything you're looking for, uh, check out Urban Fly Company or hit me up, and I can get you taken care of. Feathers are incredible. There's some good Look stuff going thing. on. Look at it says, as, uh, as if you can see as I'm talking into the mic. <laughs> it says, uh, course, Corey Seipel. No, at, at the Gmail? bottom of this thing. Or where's that? Oh, isn't it this one? NVM. 
A-I-N-C at gmail.com. Did you uh did you plug that in the you put it in the in the plugs for last week's show too, right? I did. And I, I put it right because I said it wrong, but I put it right. Okay. And it will be in this week's plugs also. So if you guys want to check out the Beast of the East, go into the show notes and I'm gonna have a hot link to the website or to the email address. All you gotta do is send an email saying you wanna be in the Beast of the East. Have your registration in by Friday. Keep going with the plugs there. Uh, why not fishing? Uh, check them out. Why not fishing? And uh, the app, the dock. It's a little hard. Why not get to double time tonight? This is oh, dirty dinner. Dinner. <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, you were looking up the email. It's cool. Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on tonight, and uh, that's why we're a little disheveled. So, <laughs> but hey, I uh, I have a funny story how I started off this morning's fishing trip. Hmm. So, uh, our boy Pat he said, hey. Chad, why don't you, uh, I want to fish. I said, okay, I think I have Sunday free. He said, why don't you come on up and we'll, uh, we'll chase some, some brook trout. I said, uh, okay. That's about how long it took me to decide whether I wanted to go or not. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll go. So I woke up at five o'clock this morning, hopped in my truck. Two hours later, I pull into his driveway. So I take a selfie in front of his car and I text to him, let him know I'm there. And when I walk up to his door, he has a big, uh, Glass pane. I look, and there is a nude man standing, <laughs> just getting out of the shower. I said, oh, my God. He looked, he said, oh, oh. <laughs> I've never seen Pat move that fast. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to hate this story, but but that's to it. That was the delight of a way to wake up for you. Oh, mom. it was. It was better than oh. a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I drank a lot of that today. I'll tell you what, we went and we saw, I saw bull elk, saw a ton of deer, one buck. It was a, it was a good day to be outside. We were talking a little bit outside and we're like, you said the creek pretty small and everything and. Yeah, it was probably eight to 10 feet wide, maybe. Yeah, um, great temperatures today too. Oh, it was perfect. It was, I think, 54-ish when I got up there this morning. I had a, a long sleeve shirt on and. It was almost not enough. Um, That's nice for this early in September. And we did not see any rattlesnakes, which was a plus. That's always a good thing. So yeah. this all the uh, your first dry fly fish? These, yeah. The, these browns? We have enough time to get into it. Do you want to wait? You just, you just wanted to talk about seeing Pat naked so far? You'll get uh, into the fishing later? No, we, we haven't. Oh, nothing else mattered after that. His day's made. Yeah, my day was made. I saw bull elk and a big bull pat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we have enough time. I can get into it. Uh, so we, I'd never caught a trout on a dry fly. I've never thrown trout or dry flies for trout. And we got there, and the very first hole, Pat was like, "Just can you cast from way back here?" I was like, "I think I can do that." And it took me two times. I was like, "All right, now I got it." <laughs> Been a while since I cast a little four weight, so. I put it right in there, and I saw a fish come and swirl right underneath of it. I don't know if I set too soon because I saw the fish and not the splashy rise or what, but my fly went straight above me about 13 or 14 feet into a pine tree. I said, 
Ah, shit, this is a good way to start today. <laughs> but it gave me hope because I saw a fish. And then Pat farmed that fish, I think, while I signed a new fly on. So that fish, he made it out safe. <laughs> the next hole, very next hole, I caught my first one on a dry fly. And that was, oh, it was awesome. It was fun. I set the hook, and it, like, I just lifted the fish right up, and it came to me. It didn't fight at all, but <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> And they were pretty. Let me tell you what. This time of year, they're starting to get all colored up because they're starting to chase some ladies. They're pretty. Yeah, there's a couple of them in there. Real starting to get dark. Yeah. <clears throat> and they all came on pretty, uh, pretty natural dry flies. Lots of uh, deer hair, lots of hackle. Um, I had one that came up on a big foamy foam, big foamster. And it was the biggest fish I came in contact with all day. And I broke it off, you know, like I do. Where were you guys <laughs> running? Uh, whatever leader Pat put on my rod, I don't know. It was about seven feet of like 5X or 4X. Like a tapered leader, but it was a 5X or a 4X leader. I'm not sure. He did, He's like, oh, I don't know. I pulled it out and I, don't, I didn't look at it. I, it's one of them. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one it's one of them. I said, ah, both will work. I said, as long as you're this picky, we're going to get along fine today. <laughs> uh, then one uh, of them. I saw chanterelles today. Didn't pick them, but saw them. So that was pretty cool. I'd never seen them in the woods before either. Cool. These mushroom things. Whew. They're fun. Um, other than that, I had great, 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 great gas station barbecue. It's more of a barbecue joint that sells gas than a gas station that sells barbecue. Hmm. Sounds good. Yes. What'd you, what'd you get? what I get? I got a uh, brisket platter. So if you didn't see, I didn't eat much in a podcast dinner because I was all stuffed up on beef. Where's the beef? Obviously, somewhere off of... Uh, off of I-80. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like I said, it, it was a great ride out. I saw four cars and I think 12 tractor trailers. The way back was a totally different story. There's cars everywhere. <clears throat> and, like I said, I didn't see a cop. 80 miles an hour the whole way home. <laughs> Not one single cop. But I do have a pro tip. If you're ever driving and you're getting sleepy-eyed, stop at a gas station. The spicy queso sunflower seeds are the way to go. I didn't yawn one time on the way home after I had them. So you got some heat to them? Uh, they're not that spicy, but I don't know. They're delicious. You got to get the, the Davids. Oh, them ones are always the best. Yeah. Pat, have you been walking like 16,000 miles today? You guys put your hike on? It it seemed a lot further than what we actually walked because of the the boulders and the the wading and the wet wading and you know. I didn't go deeper than four inches above my ankles. So Pat found one hole where he got a little deep. But I don't know. We might have walked a mile. Oh, how, uh, Computer water, update. Uh, 
What the heck was that? I haven't heard that noise in here before. Not now. <laughs> Whoa, is our that? conscience about to begin to speak? <laughs> what, did, what did Bruce install in here now? Oh, water clarity? Pretty clear. Seemed like Gin clear. Yeah. Gin clear. And real low. Yeah. I, I don't know what normal flow is for it, but it's coming off a mountain. And it's gin clear, man. I uh, Like I said, it was something I've never done before, and I'm going to definitely... I like it. It Pretty was fun. mountainous area? Yes. It, the creek was coming off of a mountain. Word. Sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah. I, I, I got into that stuff a little bit this year, and I I think it was it was a ball. Watching them little fish come up and want to eat, and... First time, I'm like, oh man, it actually happened. Yeah. Holy shit, that thing actually came up and ate. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, holy shit. There's actually a fish in there. Okay, so we were talking outside. Um, like I said, I'm not a dry fly fisherman. I don't have a, I don't have floatant, per se. <laughs> so I made my own floatant, but I would like dry the fly off as best I could. And then I'd rub it on the side of my greasy nose, and it would it would float. Or then I'd like put my finger in my ear hole and like wiggle it around and I rub that through the hackles and it would float. No when he ran out of that he used his ass crack and taint and it <laughs> floated really good. Yeah, what of <laughs> But Pat smell my fingers. <laughs> it, it's it's floating. <laughs> but yeah, for real. I like I said, I I don't know and I heard that from an old guy back in the day. I tried it and it worked. So, well, you don't got anything else. That's that's not a pro tip. That's an amateur tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro would have had this floating on him. Yeah, probably. If you go again, I think Mark and I both have some. You can you can borrow. We don't use it that often. Yeah. Well, if I go again, it probably won't be this year. So I might be able to swing by the fly shop and get my own by <laughs> then. But I don't. I probably wouldn't, not. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you've been down to shop? Uh, about two weeks, I'd say. Uh, last time PJ broke my rod tip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a few weeks ago, then I think. Yeah, it was yeah. Like a couple weeks ago. Get ran yeah. out of lead eyes. Oh, and I think have we? Did we mention who we're talking to at all? No, we didn't. We should <laughs> m- mention that right now. We didn't even say, and we're back with another week of SBS Fly Fishing Podcasting Broadcasting. And tonight's guest, Stephen Weissner. Yeah, man. He's going to be awesome. Eau Claire Anglers. And yeah. he's a, he said he's tan. He's ready to go. It's be a good time talking to him again. I know. I can't wait. And we have uh, some criteria for him this week that we have to uh, see if he'll oblige to. <laughs> so we're going to do that on air. We're going to ask him. He definitely, uh, his pictures, you know what I mean? We posted him up on Instagram. There's a lot, a lot of traffic, a lot of comments and stuff like that. So hopefully people are ready to listen as well. I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys say? You want to take a break? Give uh, old Steve a call? Sounds good. Thank you. And we're back with Stephen Weissner from Eau Claire River, or Eau Claire Anglers. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening, brother? Hey, you know, not much. It's uh, it's it's fall here in the Northwoods, so it's it's nice. So, Stephen, I have one question to ask of you before we uh, before we get fishing talking. Yeah. Um, normally, when we uh, we interview guests, we we always drink beers and we always try to crack them off microphone. Yeah. I, I think tonight we're gonna do it on microphone. 
Yeah, I got one right here. If and we can do that. I hope you would give us the same respect and do it yeah, <laughs> into the phone. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think that's the first guest crack we've had. Oh, that's good. Is that a hams? No, yeah, it's cracked. I'm actually, what's actually really interesting is in general, you know, I, I disdain this kind of business, but I've got one of these uh, fancy pants beers here. I've got a Ooh. Summit Extra Pale um, rather than a, a quality hams or <laughs> um, Paps Blue Ribbon product. So. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. I, it's, it's this just, is a special know, occasion. It's a special occasion, and I, I, you guys are worth it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. We're drinking Bush and Yingling. You're, ma- <laughs> no, you're no, making no, Chad yeah. blush. Well, yeah, you know, so so you know I have some Pennsylvania uh, family in, in western Pennsylvania, so anytime I have a shot at a Yingling, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Oh, they're delicious for what they are. They're the, the yeah, biggest oh, craft yeah, brewery in the country. I'm sure we yeah. asked you this before. Remind me, do you make it over this way at all? Um, you know, I haven't in probably five, it's probably even been longer than that, probably six or seven years was the last time I was over in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, the damn Yenzers. Yenzers. <laughs> so, Stephen, do we, uh, we want to get a little uh, smallmouth action going before we get into yeah, the musky Yeah, yeah, let's talk, yeah, we'll, let's talk smallies and, and then go from there. So, uh, what what the uh, the spring into summer look like for you? How, uh, this year, yeah, this year was really interesting. I, I had a really great year for smallies. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for the most part, I mean, you know, they're still smallmouth and you still have some days where, where they frustrate you a little bit. But, you know, a, a year ago, was we, we had a really tough year. We had Our winter was such a long, late winter that it, it that spring was just hard. But this year, we just had a really good, uh, you know, pre-spawn. So May was nice, and at least it was nice for me on on the west side of the state of Wisconsin. We had really good water levels over here, so which was nice. I know the guys on the east side of the of the state, so like you know, like the people that were fishing like the Menominee River, and and on the east side, I think they they had some real nasty um, flooding in the in in the spring that was real hard on them. But for us, it was great. So, so we just sort of had really nice water levels for smallies pre-spawn. The spawn went seemed like it just kind of went quick, and the fish didn't go into a real bad post-spawn funk. Um, and so, I it, it just was it was a solid smallmouth year. I I, I really um, it, it was fun. I mean, it was it was fun. You know, it was fun to put the boat in and really feel like, all right, here we go. We're gonna we're, we're really gonna get some fish today. So uh, as the season progresses, do your flies change, or are you just throwing that murdish yeah. minnow the whole time? No, you know, and in <laughs> fact, the murdish is a great fly, and I and, and I, I fish it a lot. So the one, if if we have one struggle here on the, so it's kind of interesting because because we have some rivers that are really different as far as the way the 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 the, the bottom structure. Um of the rivers and the depth and various things, but, but the rivers that are kind of North of me, you know, this year, the, the crayfish numbers, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the, w- there was crayfish like on top of crayfish, you know, I mean, and that actually, if anything kind of maybe messed us, messed things up, it was that I, there were so many crayfish that the fish, 
you know, would go that they would kind of go into these bite windows. And I think that they would kind of gorge themselves and then sort of, you know, stop. Um, and so fishing those rivers, I, that was kind of my, the fly for me this year. And it has been a little bit, it was just the tequila, you know, um, and just fishing that fly and really not even stripping it or anything. I mean, it's almost like, uh, like, uh, high stick nymphing for trout. I mean, just fishing tequila's dead drifted. That was kind of the, the, the way to get it done sort of north of me. And then, and then down on the lower Chippewa, it, it's really minnow patterns. So there you have more cr- like fish that are crashing, that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's minnow. So it really changes if, whether you're north or, or south, but, um, but the, if, if you added up the, the fly that probably put more fish in the boat than any other, it, it, it was, it was tequilas and, and, and really just dead drifting them. So being a guy that's on the water fairly regularly. Yeah. How long, uh, how long did it take you to figure out these patterns between the different, uh, areas? Yeah. And, you know, and to realize it, it, that one's doing one and one's doing another. You know, it takes a while, um, and I'd love to say that it was some great deal where it's just me sitting around being a genius and figuring it all out, but it really doesn't work that way. So, so for instance, uh, <laughs> you know, how I figured out to dead drift to Keeley's is I had a guy who couldn't cast, and he just threw kind of barely lob flies out there, and he certainly couldn't strip them, and he just let them, like, hang. This was a few years ago. And all of a sudden, he just kept catching fish. And I'm like, well, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. how we do it. We just don't strip them anymore. We just let them. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, that, I'm making that sound a little more simple than, than it was. But, but you really start to notice certain patterns like, oh, when, when we don't do anything with the flies, they get eaten. So maybe we shouldn't do anything with them. Um, and, the, and, and what's interesting is the, so those are rivers that are real. So like the, uh, the, the flambeau north of me, which, which if it wasn't, if the water were a little bit colder, it would be a trout stream. I mean, it's shallow, boulder ridden, rocky, you know, it feels a lot like, like, like a Western style trout stream. And so it makes sense that dead drifting flies, you know, through, through current seams and stuff like that would, would, would work really well. Um, where down the lower Chippewa is, is deeper and, and we fish a lot of like bank structure, like where you've got like grassy banks where the water is kind of undercut grassy banks and the fish are on minnows cause there just isn't the crayfish population is not as big. And so, and that's just been something we've been doing for years and years and years. And then as the summer progresses, it changes to poppers, you know, then you just start getting going on top with those fish. So, so to which me, is awesome to me, you seem like a hams and a, a flip flop popper kind of guy. Is that, yeah. is that what you like? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I really, you know, it's funny. I mean, I love fishing, fishing topwater poppers. Um, and you know, and the way to really that to fish, you know, it, even that is like when we fish poppers, I mean, you know, the way to fish a popper for most of the, the the stuff we fish is throw it in, pop it, and let it let it sit, you know, and then uh, they gonna, eat it. I was gonna say going back to uh, the progression to moving into the poppers, does that go along with like the water level, 
or temperature, or both just correlated? I, I, I think it's temperature, and it probably happens faster. It probably happens sooner than, than I make the switch. You know, it's like, I'm pretty sure that I could probably switch to poppers sooner than I do. But, you know, really, once you kind of, I just kind of find, you know, maybe not right away in the morning, but but as the day kind of starts to warm up, that, you know, that that you can get fish looking up, you know, and then some days they just don't. I mean, some days you try and it's not happening and then you just have to, you just have to switch. I mean, what I always tell my clients all the time is, you know, we'll figure it out at some point with smallmouth. I mean, you know, we will get them before the day's out. We just got to sort of figure it out. And sometimes I just, I feel like smallmouth a lot. Some days you get a day where they're just going hardcore all day long and, and it's awesome. And those days are great, but, but a lot of days they, they really will have bite windows, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll turn on and turn off and, you know, you just kind of have to roll with that stuff. Now, do you find as the season progresses and gets warmer, you slow down with them a lot more too? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, and, and really you can, and, and some of that's even like water levels as the water gets lower. I think the fish get a little spookier, Yeah. but you know, I mean, we, so I really got into, and, and I'm going to give all the credit where it's due, you know, to, to, to Tim Landwehr and, and that whole crew on the east side of the state at tight lines, you know, with their really fishing these, they're these big wiggler kind of things where you just, you just don't do, you, you just fish them like dry flies. You know, you're basically like fishing a hopper pattern. And that really, as you get it like in the mid July, late July into August, I mean, that's a real deadly just a deadly way to catch fish. Hmm. Now this is, I guess I don't know, I've never heard of it. Was it like a subsurface pattern or? Was that the wigglers? Yeah, yeah, they're just, it's just a surface pattern. All it is is a foam fly with, with rubber, with little rubber legs. Okay. And gotcha. You know, it's basically, it, it, I, there's no reason why you just couldn't fish like a really big, like some kind of a foam pattern hopper would probably just do the, it, it, it worked just as well. Although in a way, the wigglers are just easier to tie. I mean, you're sort of just doing away with making them look very pretty and just kind of making a big foam thing with rubber legs. And then, but, but you just don't, I, I'm, I'm assuming that it could be a dragonfly. It could be a, a hopper. I mean, I, I don't think the smallies really care. It looks alive and, uh, you know, but it doesn't spook them. It's just real. Like, so when you start getting low water and the fish get a little, spooky it 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 just is a fly that works really well but but you just dead you know you essentially dead drift it you give it little tiny twitches every now and again but um and then and what's interesting is that a lot of times they'll when they eat it they won't even break the surface they just like toilet bowl it from underneath where all of a sudden the fly just gets sucked under the water and and there they are you know you uh you find a lot of uh, success in the riffles as well with the poppers. Yeah, with with poppers, yeah, in riffles, um, for sure. Although, man, I really when you know, to me, if I could switch around, you know, that a lot of times if I'm really in faster water, that's when I'd I'd, I'd way rather fish like a tequila or a or even a merge through some of that stuff. Um, but 
you know, I mean, you know, it was smallmouth some days, some days, my God, you know, they're, they're just all over everything. And, and, um, you know, and some so, days are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I'd love to tell you, I could really figure it out, but there are some times where we'll have, everything will be the same. The weather will be the same, the, 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 you know, it'll be the same temperature, the you know, everything seems like it's the same and, and they really behave differently from, you know, from day to day. But, but I don't know, this year was a little bit less like of that. It was like, you could more consistently, you know, I, I really, this was one of those years where we just had a lot of days where the temperature was, was pretty steady and the water levels were pretty steady and, and, and the fish were, were, were pretty predictably, you know, going so it was nice yeah so if the weather was uh pretty much running the same uh even keel that probably means the barometers stay in a somewhat um level yeah. and do you think that has a, an effect on the fish or do you pay much attention oh, to yeah. it yeah yeah no question about it i really feel like you know when you get those you know big cold front kind of days where where all of a sudden for here our wind will swing around to the east you know, that, those are days that, that can be pretty kind of, can be tough, you know, and, and it, you know, it, it's a lot nicer where you just kind of go out and have a real kind of consistent Southwest wind, um, you know, water levels stay kind of the same temps are there. I mean, that, I, that at least for me, I, I, I feel like, all right, I don't need to reinvent the wheel today. We can I, I have a pretty good idea of how it's going to go. All right. Well, we're sitting at September 9th right now. Yeah. What's the smallmouth game looking like for you for the rest of the season? Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, for me, it's over just because uh, the guide trips I have from here on out are, are musky trips. Um, but even now, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, this is a place where talking to some of the, the conventional gear guys is, is kind of nice. So yesterday I was talking to some guys on the Flambeau River so, you know, our smallies, a lot of, you know, they really move from, you know, there, there's huge migrations from, um, from summer to, uh, to, to, um, winter. And right now those fish are really on the move. So, you know, this, I was talking to a guy yesterday, he was talking about a, a place where the fish really stage when they move. And, and he was like, man, they're there already. I mean, they're, you know, so fishing tube jigs in the spot, they're really picking up tons of fish. That kind of shows that, that the fish are, they're, they're migrating. I mean, I, I, like I say, we, our leaves are really starting to change and the, and the temperatures are, are starting to drop. And I, I just, we're, we're sort of setting up for a, for an early fall here. And, and it seems like the fish are really on them, on the move. So if, <clears throat> excuse me, if your smallmouth program's done, because you have yeah. uh, because you have musky guys lined up, when does the musky program really start for you? I mean, it it's it's it started. I mean, it 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 kind of started last weekend. Like we we uh, we we fished last weekend and really moved a lot of fish, and it, it it felt like it felt more like fall fishing. You know, I mean, I mean, we can musky fish all summer, but you really start to see this thing where I mean, the 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 muskies definitely wake up in the fall and and last weekend we i mean we ended up we we boated one real nice uh 41 but really 
you know, we put the hook in three more that were probably, you know, in 40 plus kind of fish and, and, and we were, but we were moving fish all day and it felt like fall, you know, and that, that's kind of the beginning of it, you know, like that, that's what sort of separates fall from summer is when you just feel like, I mean, fish are moving and that, that really feels like it, it started. And so, you know, I generally, I tend to think of, you know, really next weekend about right somewhere around the 15th of September is when things get going. And then, and then it just kind of, it just gets, you hope depending on weather and whatever that it just gets kind of better and better and better on all the way to the end, you know? I mean, so last year by far, I mean, what's interesting is we had a really pretty good year, but, but by far the best days of the year were right. We're, we're in November, you know, as far as moving fish, it's, they're hard to fish, hard days for fishing and they're short because of daylight problems and everything. But, but the fish really get going, you know, but things are, it's, it's already, it's happening right now. It's, it's already started. So being, you have a couple of different waterways to work with there. Do you see like the smaller one kind of starts a little bit, you know, before the bigger one does? Yeah. And I actually think that, so the really small pieces of water, like, you know, we, it, so if we're talking, you know, we can fish anything from, from cre- really wading creeks, you know, which I don't guide very much. I mean, those are, those are pieces of water that, you know, I, I fish those really small pieces of water. Those fish kind of go all summer. And I think it's just, they don't have a whole lot of choices. It's small piece of water. And when, when food comes by them, they eat it where, you know, on the bigger water, I think they just have a lot. There's just a lot more food, a lot more forage. Um, but I definitely feel like the smaller water, def- yeah, it, it, it gets going. Um, you know, the, they're already a little more keyed in to eating, I think. And then they, they, it, you, you definitely notice that, that increase in activity on the, on the smaller water earlier. But I, even the big water, like the lower chip here, I mean, I just went out you know, in the evening the other day and, and, you know, moved, um, and I, you know, fish that wouldn't commit to eating. So we're still in a weird thing, but had fish, you know, follow and flash like, you know, four or five fish in a couple hours. So, you know, it's changing. So you had brought to me, uh, off air about catching muskie and riffles. Can, yeah. Has yeah, it, has that happened multiple times this year? Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know, I think anyone up here in, in this part of in Northwest Wisconsin, where we fish a lot of, so you know, a lot of the musky rivers we're fishing here really look a lot like trout streams. I mean, they're they're they have a lot of riffles and a lot of fast water, and especially I think in the summertime. Um, the muskies really associate to 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 riffles in fast water. And I don't know if it's because there's more oxygen. Um, it may be because you really do see a lot of suckers like getting up in that shallow and those riffles, like working that kind of stuff quite a bit. And it may be because there's more nymphs and, and, and things for them to, to eat. So that that may be why the, the muskies are there, but yeah, it's, you know, I learned a long time ago not to, not to just float through the riffles. I mean, to fish them. And, and about, oh, 
it was probably two and a half, three weeks ago. I mean, we hooked a fish in, um, in really fast water that I think, may, you know, was definitely a, a, a 50 plus kind of inch fish. And, you know, it was just right behind a rock, just like you'd expect a trout or a Somali to be, um, you know, so yeah, I, you know, the, the ripples are, are where it's at. And I think, you know, as the, as the water temps drop, it seems to me like they tend to move more out of those spots and into a little bit slower water. But yeah, I, I, we fish the riffles uh, here. Those fish in the riffles, are you getting them on a fast retrieve or, uh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, that's like, you know, and that's summertime fishing. So fast retrieves as a general rule anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, you kind of got to rip stuff through just to get it through the, so it's coming, you know, you want your stuff to be coming, uh, you know, perpendicular to the bank. And and so in fast water, you kind of got to rip it through fast. Then you're probably still fishing the same full sink line from, yeah, from the deep hole earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, you know, just keeping stuff from getting snagged up means you kind of got to burn it through that stuff a little bit faster, but I think, I think that's all built into it, you know? And, and so, I mean, the nice thing about, here's the deal that I love about riffle fish and, you know, I can show you some, some, you know, at some point, some photos of some real nice fish that we've taken out of real fast water. But what I like about it is if a fish is in fast water, it's not going to follow, it's going to eat, you know, I mean, I mean, when, if you put your fly through that little, whatever, little rock or whatever it is that they're using to, to block the current, they're going to smack it before it gets out of that little zone. I mean, they're not going to go chase it across through the fast. Well, they're just not, I mean, if they're in there, they're used to like making decisions fast and eating. So that's, that part is, I love, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, I hate following fish. <laughs> I mean, I just hate them. You know, they, they're frustrating as hell. It's a lot, it's way nicer when they just wreck stuff, you know, right away. So speaking of following fish and, uh, you sitting in the rower seat a lot of the time. Yeah. How, how often do you see a fish following a fly before the, uh, the person fishing I mean, it actually yeah, sees it? You know, sometimes if, if I'm fishing with somebody that really knows what they're looking for and are good, then they're, obviously they're going to see it before me cause they're higher. I mean, they have like a way better angle but a lot of times what i think what you know and this especially you know riffles are different because it's the water so fast but if you're in reg, you know regular kind of you know slower speed water like a lot of times what i'll see is just a little boil or something you know i'll just see something like they'll throw their fly and i'll just notice that there's a little you know like like where a fish does a tail swipe and you'll just see that little boil and then you'll hear me be like, you know, up, 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 there's one, you know, look, and, and they'll notice it. Um, but some of that's just vision, you know, you have to kind of getting to know what you're looking for. I mean, I've noticed, you know, over the years, just my own ability to really be able to pick up on and see fish following, you know, it just gets better and better. The more, the more you see it, um, but yeah, there are times when, when, when definitely when, uh, you know, people won't pick up on it and, and, and I will, um, 
I notice that a lot more when I'm small, when I'm guiding smallies, because you know, like smallies will eat a, a fly on the paws, so the the fly will just disappear, and I'll be like, you know, hey, you got it, you know, set the hook, you got a fish, yeah, <laughs> dude, your fly line's like, oh away. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, your fly just got eaten. That, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, but with with muskies, I think it's it's more, you know, because the angle isn't that good when you're sitting. Um, you know, a lot of times what you're noticing is like, like disturbances on the top of the water, you know, um, you know, and some of that, you just paying attention and really it's like, Oh, there was a tail switch. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fish following. So speaking of following, like on the small creeks. Do you have a method for when you get a fish to come in on, you know, when you're waiting on how to kind of figure eight or do something in order to yeah, get it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 almost, it's really, it's hard. Because like the creeks, I'm, if I'm fishing the small creeks, I'm probably standing in ankle deep water, you know, casting into a, a hole. And it's just, you know, what'll happen is they'll follow. And then when they get up, so they'll come up out of the hole and they get into that shallow water and you're there and, and, you know, they get real, they don't like it. They don't want to come into that shallow water like that anyway. And then, so it's, it's not like being in a boat where you can, you know, where you can really grind on them. So, but what I find a lot of times is if you just do it right, they'll go back and then you can throw back at them, you know, hopefully get them to eat, you know, but that leads perfectly into uh, my next question. Um, when you do have a fish come in and either, uh, wading or in a boat and it refuses, it doesn't eat on the eight. Do you change flies? Do you come back with yeah. something, something different? Yeah, I, I immediately. And I mean, it's, a, it's a, that, that's just learning from gear guys, you know, the old, uh, smaller, deeper, darker rule. Um, so there are a few things. So one of the reasons why I use snaps instead of, uh, you know, having things pre-strung or whatever, where you, you know, part of the reason I have snaps is because you can change flies in two seconds and you already have. So it's like, guys like, well, I keep a second rod and I can do it. It's like, no, you can't because you gotta, it takes a while to get line off the reel and do all that stuff. And, you know, when you have a, a, a snap, all your lines already in a pile at your feet, you're ready to go. So it's just, all it takes is you swing a fly and you put a new fly on and you throw it right back. And so I just keep, I keep a, a black single Buford. It just always sits there right on the side. And, and we immediately, you know, like if you get a fit and so a lot of it is you, you really have to pay attention to the, the fish. Like when it comes in, if it follows, when it decides not to eat, how, how did it act? Like when it goes away, because if it saw the boat and blew up and blew away, I mean, forget it. It ain't happening. You know, I mean, that, you can watch a fish where they just, they follow in and they say, they see the boat and they spook, you know, those fish are gone. I mean, you can, we still throw at them because why, you know, you feel like you got it. It's like giving CPR to some guy like out in the woods or something. You feel like you got to do it just so, you know, just, just so you didn't, 
but it's pointless. And, you know, that's kind of the way this is. You're just like, you know, we got to try. But if they just if they just kind of fade away, you know, or turn and go back without where, you know, they aren't spooked. They just didn't eat. Then back with a small black fly. And I, I mean, I, it, that has worked so much that I, that may be one of the closest things to, 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 you know, one of the few things I really know about musky fishing <laughs> is that that works. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of stuff I'm as full of shit as anybody else, <clears throat> but that, that, that is a thing that works. If you throw, you know, go back with a, with a, a small black fly right away, but it's gotta be right away. Like next, you know, like they got it that you want that fish to be, to have gone back and just turned around and is just sitting there. And immediately this fly lands in front of them when they're all, they're all worked up and ready to go. And that, you know, I highly, Highly recommend everyone keep a black fly ready to go and be able to switch flies quickly. Black flies matter. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it really, it's a, you know, I don't like fishing black flies generally because first of all, I just, it's a drag, you know, you, it, you can't see your fly. I'm I've actually <laughs> gone to tying them with a bunch of weird flash on the top half just so. So I, whoever's fishing them can see them to kind of keep them in, keep you in the game. I've but, you know, I mean, it's hard those. when you're working to fly all day and you can't see your fly and, and you're trying to you stay mentally, you know, fishing. But I actually, I actually think what happens is sometimes really bright flies, the fish like them, but they kind of freak them out a little bit. And then when you hit them with a the little black fly, they just, that looks familiar and they eat it. Yeah, it just it's happened. It's worked too many times for it not to be. So, how yeah. often do you start with a little black fly? You know, just to go to. Yeah, I, I, not very, and 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 like I say, I, I've at least developed some weird belief that the bright flies get them worked up, and the and the the black flies close the sale. You know, um, but. It's like good, that, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that might, like I said, that might not even be true. It might just be, if I, you could probably just fish the black fly all day. It's just, they're hard because you can't see them. And so you're trying to strip your fly back and keep sort of, keep yourself in the game. And I think, I think it's harder for people when they can't see their fly. Well, yeah. You hear so much too, musky, because they're hungry. It looks wounded, or they're you know something that shouldn't be yeah. there. So you throw something big, bright, and gaudy like that. It's escorting it out. Once it's out of the water and it goes back, it's probably like, well, it's already wound up now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at least a good point that would work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and it really, I mean, it. I so I had a day last year where I mean, I just had a great day with a guy where where we put seven fish in the boat. Um, muskies and every single one of those fish all seven of them we got to follow on 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 hot pink wouldn't eat threw immediately back with black and they all ate you know and that was like like clockwork i mean it just worked 
too well. And so you're like, well, you know, that, you know, that seems to be a really, a really good technique. So um, you crack the hams once you put the black fly on this uh, snap? Yeah. Like take it to the bank? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that, I got you know, your beer ready. Hey, don't, don't get me wrong. I've, we've, we've, uh, I've had plenty of fish that have followed out. We've put the black fly on and we never saw them again. You know, that, I mean, that's not, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to represent that as being like, it's going to work all the time, but, but it works, it works enough that it's really, it's one of those things. If I had one thing that, and I didn't come up with it, you know, that's something that, that, that other people have known. But if I had one thing I could say that like budding musky fly fishers, it's, it's that, you know, you get a fish that follows, go back with us, with a, a smaller black fly. And I think you'll be surprised at how often they eat it. So does that mean you have to tie more single black Bufords than other flies because they get chewed more? No, you know, yeah, not really. I mean, I keep about, you know, I mean, what's funny, it, it, the flies seem to survive, but yeah, I keep about, I've got about six of those in my box, you know, single black Bufords. The worst part about it, we could talk about that, is how shitty it is to tie with black bucktail most of the time. Horrible. Yes, 100%. And, Absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, and so you got to tie, you know, and, and, there, and honestly, there is... A, state of affairs but in my life i mean really that's an area where where brad's you know bowen's black bucktail that he produces is unlike any other and now you can't even buy the stuff from him so if everyone could pester him to get his shit together and get his site back up and running so we could buy black bucktail i'd really appreciate it because you know i would say that to to, I, I have said it to him a number of times, like, dude, what? Now we got to buy crappy black bucktail that we can't tie with. I mean, I don't know what he does. I don't know what his technique is, but I, I've never seen anyone that could make black bucktail that ties as well as he does. Yeah, it's tough because it gets so hot and it just hollows out or it burns out and it gets crinkly and just you, you, yeah, it's never something that you can easily reverse tie with. No, I mean, it just, you know, you, you, you go, you, you put the thread pressure on and nothing happens. It just sits there on your hook. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't flare. It doesn't do anything. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's honestly one of the things that I, I don't know what Brad figured out when in doing that, but he really, his, he, he that, that's the, 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 the thing that always blew me away with the bucktail he'd make. And I hope he'll, you know, I'm almost out. I hope he will. <laughs> Um, make some more really it's 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 a real difference and you know you just don't find that in most you know you can you can get lucky and you can play around when you're at a shop and look at bucktail and 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 kind of figure out like the way it's going to act but but black it almost always just sucks um and, and and his was always great so there's my shout out to brad's bucktail and it, it, it he, he knew what he was, you know, he knows what he's doing in, in, in the black bucktail world. So, uh, you mentioned you had six black Bufords in your, uh, in your box. Yeah. Can, can you walk us through your fly box? Is it messy and disorganized? Do you keep a, a tidy box? 
You know what? You know what's funny is I, 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 I actually there are a couple things I do after every guide trip. I, you know, I always, I, I always power wash my boat and do all that stuff as soon as I get home, which you're not in the mood for at all. You know, when you get home, you pretty much are not feeling it. You know, but but you got to do it. And the other thing is, like for me. During the day, I'm really bad at putting my flies back the way they should be. And it's always hard to get them in those little foam things, so I just chuck them in the box. So at the end of the day, I just got a whole box full of... Although it's it sort of... It, it may be a better representation of how good a day of muskie fishing it is. If it was a good day, then the box looks great at the end because we just we never even hardly change flies all day. But if I start, like... You know, I don't really think it much matters when we switch from color to color, but, you know, it makes it look like you're doing something. <laughs> so, you know, so you're kind of like, ah, let's try yellow. Ah, let's try red. Even though in your own mind, you're like, it doesn't matter. Let's we can stay with whatever all day. And, you know, they're either going to eat or they're not. I mean, in some weird ways. Um, and I don't want it to sound too... I'm not trying to, to be too unscientific about it, but, but really I, I, I think it's about, you know, hitting your, hitting your spots, having your flies, the, the flies that you are fishing, having them fish right, you know, having them behave right. And then, um, and then finding fish that want to eat, you know? Um, but so, I mean, it, it's interesting to me, like people always want to talk about color of flies and I'm always like, you know, I mean a little bit like, how would you know, like, how would you know what the right color is in that you get so few feedback points that it's really hard. So when we were talking about black earlier, I mean, that's one area where I've had enough feedback points that I've seen it happen enough times. So I really feel confident about it, but, um, you know, man, I mean, I catch, if you look at photos on my website of muskies, you're going to see a lot of them with a pink fly hanging out of their mouth. And that's just because for whatever reason, I think they like pink. So I fish with pink all the time. And I've, there's always someone with a pink fly going and one of the two people, if I've got two guys, one of them has a pink fly on all the time, just because I so believe in it on the rivers we fish. But I know guys that have never fished a pink fly on these same rivers that catch a lot of fish. So, you know. I started uh, tying pink flies just because you catch fish on them. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, do we. You, do you think a lot of that I, plays into the tannic watercolors up in Wisconsin? I, yeah. I, that's what people say, and I, I, I'll buy it. I've never really ever fished muskies um, on a river in, that, in clear water, so I don't know what would happen. I mean, all of our water is tannic here, and so that that's just. I'm, but I I do think they really, you know, that I don't know what it looks like to them underwater, you know, and but I think it it just they they do really seem to keep you know pink is one of those colors that that seems to really work in this tannic water. It's not just me. I've there are other guys here that that fish. You know, Russell Peterson's was, he's actually the guy that really taught me to do that fish pink fly, you know, and, um, 
and and a number of other guys now that I think have you know fished with pink. But but again, would the same thing happen if we were fishing yellow all day? Maybe, you know. Um, you know, I I I just I I feel like it has more. I think color isn't as important as we all want it to be. I I think the way the fly fishes is what really matters. Like the way it the way the fly behaves in the water is 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 really important you know so speaking about that musky flies are basically all the same i think in my general mind if they're deer hair or deer hair musky flies yeah game changers aside but they have different heads you have the the buford slash deer hair head you have yep. the, uh, the body tubing head or you have like a dubbing head and yep. other than that the the flies are basically i think the same yeah. What what do you like and what do you find the different uh heads do different things? Yeah, I think so. But this is the one thing that I really truly believe in and I really think muskies like to hit flies from the side. Pike do too. Like they want to hit them they they take them by the head or they want to take them from the side. They don't want to hit them from so that's what happens when, when you get a fish that follows that won't eat. Once it's locked on from behind, you'll see them. They'll come right up behind. They'll open their mouth. They won't eat it. Like, you know, and so if that fly won't kick sideways on them, you know, then they, they won't eat it. So in certain current situations where if you can, you're bringing the fly straight across perpendicularly to the current, it doesn't matter. They'll just rush ahead and hit it from the side. But if it's like slower water, if you're bringing it through a slower, like an, a, a little slower eddy thing or something like that, I just feel like to me that fly needs to, it needs to, at the end of the strip, turn sideways to, to get eats, you know? I mean, that if you get a fish that locks on it from behind, you know, if it's not turning sideways, then, you know, maybe on a figure eight, you can get them to go, but they, they don't like to eat something from straight behind. They just don't. I mean, that I've, you know, I've seen it so many times and, and talking to other people and it just seems like, you know, like you'll see them back there, but they won't rush ahead and just take it, just try to eat it straight from behind. But if it kicks sideways, boy, they'll accelerate and grab it. So, I mean, that's, at least that's what I tell myself. And so that's what I like my flies mostly to do, to kick sideways. Yeah. So if you see one. And that's what a Buford head, a Buford head does that perfectly, you know. I mean, it just makes fish, makes flies turn sideways. So that, that that's why that fly's been so successful for people. So if you see one following in, like halfway through your cast, we yeah. strip, 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 fast, 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 and then pause and let that fly kick. So it yeah, it's like I mean, swims away and then you know, kicks sideways. God, it's all, you know, that's what I, you know, earlier, I think I just said, like, I hate it when they follow. <laughs> and, you know, they do it a lot. I mean, yeah, they're like, assholes, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because it's like, because when you can't get them to eat, if, if you can't, then you always wonder what did I, what should I have done? You know? Um, I mean, because you're, because of what I just said, I do think they want that fly to kick sideways, but I also think they do, they want just like your cat would. If you were playing with your cat, you got to accelerate the stuff to keep them, you know. I mean, if they're 
like, I just tend to think that when in doubt, you know, you want that thing to go faster, not slow down. And so, you know, you kind of got to work that and get it. So you're trying to speed it up, but you want it to kick sideways at the same time. And so then you, I do that. Like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm going to stop and get it to kick. And then the fish turns around and that's it. They're, they're, they're not interested or they, or they crush it, you know, and <laughs> it's I mean, one or the other, you know, and then, then if they crush it, you did everything right. Right. And if they don't, <laughs> you know, well, you, you screwed it up. Um, but there's a reason why, you know, like on the, the early sweep, the, for that first sweep of the figure eight is so key, you know, I mean, getting them to, 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 to stay on board, you know, and, and that's an area where, you know, I, I think really, you know, if you can force yourself to like do that first sweep away from the boat, so maybe they don't see it, you know, um, but that change of direction, you know, just the other day we got one uh, last weekend, we got a fish to eat textbook. I mean, follow, follow, follow right on that, right on the L on the sweep. It just accelerated and blasted it. You know, and it's like, that's exactly what you want to see happen. Um, but man, you know, and, and I'm not, I think guys that have a lot more lake experience get, get better, you know, at really knowing how to tease those fish, you know, at, at the end. And, and it's real hard. It's hard when you're guiding with a client I and mean, you know how do you talk somebody through that it's almost impossible i mean they're so excited about what's happening and you're trying to tell you know so at the beginning of the day we just set it up like if you just get a fish to follow these are what this is what you're going to do you know and, and maybe with that particular fish it, it, it ends up not being the right thing but you kind of have to have a plan if, if somebody's never seen that before in their life it's, you know, and all of a sudden it's a big fish, you know, you, you get a 40 plus kind of fish. That's, it's really hard to keep here. Oh, keeping most your pool's not an option. Most, <laughs> most people stop stripping. Like they just do. You know, like they see that fish and then they just, uh, and then they just stop. And their fly stops and then the fish gets, that's it. You know, and the game's over right then. But So I got a question about sitting in your seat when a fish comes into the figure eight. Yeah. What do you do boat control wise to not hit the fish with an oar? Like if you're in it's, current, it's actually really, that's the, the, it's, that's the hardest thing. And it, and it actually, it probably, it's, I love everything about drift boats. Um, except that, except that. <laughs> and I think that's really, it's actually a really bad it, it, it isn't the most ideal situation. I mean, that's where having a trolling motor is probably a better situation because you'll get the fish. They'll be coming boat side. You got to hold the boat. I mean, and especially like we'll have a lot of situations where we're throwing into like an eddy, but the boats in current and the fish that they'll like to, they like to follow right out to that eddy line, you know? And so that they come out and then, but you got to put, you can't just stop rowing, you know? I mean, that won't work. Then now you're going to blow right out of the hole. So you have to keep rowing. And then here's this fish and it's literally, it's sitting right where you want to put your oar in. And, 
it's not, it's, it, it's hard. And, and some fish don't care. I mean, I've had fish here almost hitting them in the head and they just don't care. Um, but other fish, you know, you, you dip the, that ore and they're gone, you know, and, and it's, um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, obviously you've been through it. The fact that you asked that question makes me know that you, you've experienced it. I have, I haven't experienced it, but I've thought about it every time I yeah. sit in the seat. Yeah. It's like, uh, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's a really, and there's no, you know, what do you do? And, and uh, you try to like, Oh, I'm going to keep my right oar out of the water while I'm, but you know, now I'm spinning the boat and, uh, you know, and, or you try like to half dip it and, or, or it just, it's, I've experienced it a, a bunch of times <laughs> and it, it, and I don't know what to do. I know I've never had it happen. I know Brad, said that he's had a fish follow in then he's dipped his oar and had the fish just freaking smash the oar tip that's crazy yeah. that's crazy get, yeah, talk. get to eat on the oar tip and and i believe it i mean i don't doubt it you know all of a sudden this thing just flashes in front of it and it hits it but um yeah i know that's a that's a real bummer when you know i mean you're there and you realize that like there's nothing i can do i gotta i i have to we're going to blow out of this hole if I don't row right now. And if I row, I'm going to scare the fish. And yeah. Speaking of touch on your drift boat again, cause it's a pretty sick one. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny as I actually, it's I, my drift boat is, is, is funny and, and I love it. It's a high country, but they don't make it anymore. Um, and I think those guys sort of, it's funny whenever I do something, they'll be like, Oh, that old thing. Like they don't even really, acknowledge it and i think they should make exactly my boat again um my boat's aluminum it's all aluminum it's uh 15 feet it's a skiff style and it's really wide which means that what i like about my boat a lot is and it's really clean the inside so i I don't have a bench seat for a row it's just a pedestal but it's actually a cool pedestal where there's a nice dry storage underneath it but what I love about my boat, like every drift boat, almost every drift boat is really nice if you're fishing out of the bow. But if you're fishing out of the stern, a lot of times there's not a lot of room around your feet, which for trout fishing doesn't matter, I think. But for musky fishing, you are you need somewhere to pile your line when you're stripping. And I just feel like it's really not – my boat actually has – enough room that you can pile your line and not necessarily have to step on it. I was fishing out of a different brand of drift boat last year out of the back of the boat. And it was awful. I mean, I was just step in, there was no way to not step on the line. And I, I, I was like, man, this is so nice. Um, but they don't make it anymore. It's in, you know, and it's funny, it's aluminum, which I, we fish a lot of these rivers. I fish get so skinny and so shallow that, where you can't even hardly get water for your oars and there's no way around it. You're just smack. You're going to smack rocks. I mean, I don't care how good you are at rowing a drift boat. There's nothing you can do. You just, you're just going to hit rocks. And so the aluminum is nice. It, 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 you know, I, I, last winter I, I put, there's this, this epoxy stuff I put on the bottom to make it slippery. And I redid it last year and I was like, oh man, I was, when I flipped the boat over, I was like, oh, this is not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly underneath here. And, and I flipped it over and it was like, oh wow, great. Looks great. 
you answered my question. I have aluminum drift boat as well, and I've been wanting to epoxy the bottom of it. Yeah. It. I think I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. But But I got another boat project going at the same time, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a company, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, but I highly recommend it. There's this company, they make this stuff. It's called Wetlander. Um. And the stuff's amazing, uh, but it 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 really does turn the bottom of your boat. Like, it's so slippery that if you put it on your driveway and it's a little angled, your boat will just go sliding off down your driveway. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's really slick stuff. So, so how um, do you know that? Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, the thing that we don't really talk about, you know, it's like, so for me here, we don't have very many landings, like, traditional classic boat landings. So, I mean, if you like a lot of the rivers I fish here, you got to like slide your boat down a trail or something. I mean, you know, or it really, it is, it, it's real hard to put boats in. And, um, that stuff is awesome because without it, you know, the aluminum sticks, you know, I mean, without it. And so, but it's pretty cool. Like the other day we, we did like, it's probably 40 yards of more or less flat trail. I had to just, you know, with three guys to slide a boat down to get it to the water. And, um, that makes a huge difference having that stuff on there. So with a situation like that, you haven't, you guys haven't looked into getting a raft. Yeah. I mean, I should have one. They're a hell of a lot lighter. Yeah. In a perfect world, I'd have a drift boat, a raft, and I'd have a flat bottom with a jet, <laughs> all three. And that would be, really, seriously, like if I look at where I fish, all three of those boats, and I'd be perfectly set up. Um, but right now I have a drip boat. Yeah. What did Meatloaf say? One out of three ain't bad? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, it was two, but he was, but yeah. But that's Meatloaf. He was drinking. <laughs> so, uh, is can we get into your guiding a little bit? Um, if someone yeah. if someone needs or wants to go fishing, can they get a hold of you, or do you have any access for someone to uh to go fishing? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, for the year we have left right now, I'm I'm pretty booked until the very end of November for me personally. Um, but you know, I, I and, and we haven't really talked about, you know, I've got this, this another guy who guides with me, Max Meyer, who quite honestly, and I keep bringing, I say this all the time and it's, it's the truth. And he's just doesn't blow his own horn as well as he, as, 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 as he should mostly because he's right now he's on a gravel bar in Alaska and, you know, and, and has been for the last six weeks. Um, but, you know, I, I always say like, you know, do you want to catch, you know, if you want to go musky fishing, you should go fishing with Max. Um, you know, he, that kid is fishy. I mean, and, and, and really just a, a, a good guy to spend a day in a boat with. Um, but he's got a bunch of days still, you know, still open, um, in October and, you know, and that's all, I mean, you know, blum do a little promo here, but that's, uh, yeah, www.eauclairanglers.com. Um, and then just send us an email and, and, and we'll, we'll book you. But I mean, hey, you Steven. know, I would honestly say that, 
spell. I think uh, I, I think Max maybe you know one of a very on a very very short list of best musky fly anglers in the world. Period. I mean, and I mean by by which I mean a, a really short list. You know, that kid is is incredibly talented. Has a feel for fish that you know when, when you know when you fish with them, it's 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 something else. Hey, so for people that want to check your website out, sp- uh, spell Eau Claire Anglers. It's it's E A U C L A I R E. So Eau Claire and then Anglers A N G L E R S. So the short list of uh, musky anglers that's above Max. Is that like Larry Dahlberg and you, and then Max? Yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, know I, you know, I always, you know, here's the guy. Let me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in here just because it's fun. Here's the guy who gets, he's like Rodney Dangerfield. He gets no respect. Um, is Bill Scherer is the, the, the freaking OG of, of musky fly anglers, at least in our neck of the woods, and you know, for whatever reason, I think you know he just hasn't. You know, that guy has been doing this stuff for 30 years, you know, um, and really, really, really knows his stuff. And, and I, I, I frequently sort of like will watch, you know, read stuff in like, you know, the, you know, online user groups where people are talking this stuff and, and sometimes it'll come up and, and I, I'll just, if I was Bill Share, I'd be like, you know, you know, what am I, chopped liver? kind of a thing i mean you know grab he should be grabbing his, his the the collar of a shirt and talking about how he's not getting any respect um, <laughs> you, yeah it's really guys guy knows his stuff and and you know so that you know so he's would be one of those guys that you know bill share has, has forgotten hundreds more muskies than most people have ever caught <laughs> yeah He's really knows what he's doing. And uh, you know, also just for anyone paying attention at home, you mentioned Russell earlier. Yeah. Yeah, he's our guest next week. Oh, Russell Peterson? Yeah, man. Oh, that's great. You know, I mean, Russell Peterson's another one of those guys that I just feel, you know, I just feel like that's really great. I mean, for people to be there. I mean, Russell Peterson, I, I – have had the distinct pleasure of fishing with Russell a lot. And I just don't know of anyone. And, and I, you know, if the person who's having the most fun is the best fisherman in the world, then Russell's the best fisherman in the world. I mean, I've just never been in a boat with anyone who's just the, the positive stoke is just so heavy. I mean, he's just so happy to be fishing all the time. And, and he's in, incredibly talented you know um but it's just you know it's just one of those guys that that's awesome i i i'll make sure to listen because you know i I've, russell's just just a, a good dude and, and thank you for hooking us up with him yeah um is there anything that we haven't hit on that that we should have you know i don't you know i don't know i'm you know i don't know um <laughs> there's probably a lot of stuff but you know, I always feel like we we always end up sort of like talking. You know, I I I always wanted like sort of move some of the, the you know 
to me, like so much of this muskie fly, especially muskie fishing, although smaller fishing, but, but muskies is, you know, I mean, just how much of it is really all about, um, just the, 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 the sort of experience, you know, the, the, the just sort of being out there and, and experiencing this, this really cool and, um, great thing. And I, and I never feel like I can quite give voice to that the way I'd like to, you know, I mean, that to me is, is, is the most important part is, is, is just being out and, and, and fishing and, and the fact that we get to sort of fish in these really beautiful places for this really cool fish, you know, that, that, you know, and I really would say, you know, I don't know of many things where I've met people, you know, who I enjoy spending time with more than, than the various sort of musky fishers, you know, that I've, I've encountered over the, over the years and, you know, musky fly fishers. And so, you know, that's the part of all this. I never feel like I know, like, 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 like we always get caught up with flies and lines and leaders and, and whatever, and, and, and never spend enough time with, with that part, which I don't, maybe it's just, hard to hard to get to but yeah well i got i got an example of that strictly for you um yeah last year on father's day mark and i went to our local lake and we were like we're gonna go hybrid fishing and we did we were intent on it you know yeah dead set hybrid fishing and i don't think we cracked the joke until about nine o'clock when we said nuts to this let's get out the 12 weights and go throw musky flies (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then the mood on a dime it shifted we were laughing joking listening to 50 cent in the yeah. boat you know it was it was just yeah. a, a mood lifter when we i mean you we know changed. it's 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 a huge change i mean i don't know if you I, mean, I, I think like you know you may have seen on the sort of on one of the the musky fly pages you know like we had a, a great like opener this year i mean opening weekend and and i just have some friends some people that come up from milwaukee that we fish with you know and i have this great photograph of my friend eddie doing a doing an he's literally doing a flip naked <laughs> into the river right over my dog you know just like oh wearing one of these gigantic sombreros like so it's like you know sort of upside down <laughs> flip into the river over the dog nude and I was like, that just sums up to me what like a lot of musky fishing, at least, you know, I, I feel like kind of should be, you know, it's, you know, like I, I said this the other day, it's just, it's not about your Instagram. It really isn't, you know, it's about, you know, I mean, nobody, I mean, wh- I think one of the greatest things you'll ever discover is no one wants to see a picture of you holding the fish. Mm-hmm. Like, and the reason they don't is that they either are you know, the, mostly it's either that, you know, they've caught one bigger or they're mad, you know. I mean, when I see somebody like who I know with a really nice fish, there's the terrible part of my brain that goes like, God damn it. <laughs> you know? I know that God part. damn it. Yeah, and then I realize, like, what a horrible person <laughs> am I, you know? I mean, like, good Lord. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? I mean, great. That's so awesome. You just caught a a fantastic fish. Um, 
and you know that stuff kind of ruins it but but the experience is so great i mean and i think musky fishing brings it out i think you guys are that's exactly it it brings it changes your whole vibe you know you start laughing and telling off-color jokes and you know just sort of enjoying being so, out because it's it's absurd it's an absurd pursuit so so what you're saying is musky fishing should be more male on male nudeness yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man, yeah, sure. I'll go with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, believe me, uh, like uh, that particular person in character. It's you know, just the other day we I was fishing with him two weeks ago, and and I suddenly turned around, and and it's like you know, more or less, you know, it's like, oh, you're nude again. <laughs> jumping in, and he's jumping into the river. It's like. What is it about you and musky fishing and getting naked that seems to be part of our situation here, Chad? But it just brings. But it, I think it's you just bring it out of there. Like we're out on the river. I'm going to do a cannonball. You know, I just I don't care. He doesn't want to get caught in That's the wet. stuff I just I I think. You know, I I just think that kind of thing is it 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 really is important. I mean, I think you know people get caught up about. I like catching big muskies and I'm as serious. Believe me, I, I lay awake at night and think about like, what do we need to do and how do, what do we need to do to make this happen and what have you. But, but the part of it I love is, yeah, is, is that stuff, you know, so the, Chad, the, the silliness. Chad and Mark are fishing in the beast of the East muskie tournament here come up in, yeah. just, a, in just about a month. So I, what I need to see is one of those two guys, picture them doing a backflip off the boat naked. That's, I, that's, yeah. Come on, don't hold yourself to anything less, Chad. I, I got to see this. I know Mark Mark won't do it. <laughs> Mark so. will not Mark, be the naked. Mark, Mark needs to be the guy taking the picture of Chad doing a backflip or trying to do a backflip butt naked. I want to see it happen. It's gonna be a, I can guarantee gonna be, you one thing. It's going to be, be a new fucking belt. freezing cold. If a he new belly does it and he has his mustache like he did last year, oh God, there is no way I can even look at him. Yeah. I got to see this happen. Yeah, but it's got to happen. Yeah, you know, you've got to Steven do it, is waiting for a picture. To live with it. Then you just got to live with the fallout. Yeah, you know? I, I know me. It's not gonna be a nude backflip. It's gonna be a nude belly flop. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so it's it's funny that you say that, and and, and I, I hope I didn't tell the story last. I hope I didn't tell the story last time we did this. Um, but you know the the uh, Treelands tournament's coming up here in two weeks, and. And I kind of have a couple friends, and we and we do it every year, and we always have fun. But last year, um, first day, we're going down the Flambeau, and you know, up here they people hunt bears, and these dogs are running around. Did I tell the story? It's not sounding um, familiar yet. What's that? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and so we're floating down the river, and and there's all these bear dogs, these like bear hunting dogs, and they got these bear hunting. They have these collars on with these radio things and stuff, and guys like use them. I mean, I know in Pennsylvania, you guys actually hunt bears without chasing them with dogs or shooting them over piles of donuts like we do here in Wisconsin. Uh, they hunt um, coyotes and and foxes like that with the dogs with the trackers around here. Okay. So. Um, so we got all these bear dogs are working the side of the river and they're not on a bear. They're just running around being kind of dumb. But I got, I have my dog, Lewis is sitting in the boat and we're going down and all of a sudden, uh, my friend Josh, uh, Smelser just hooks this really nice muskie and it goes taking off. And so we're, you know, but uh, we're in a tournament where normally I think we would probably, it wasn't that big of a fish, but in a tournament, all of a sudden it just changes you. You're like, Oh, Oh, we got to land this fish cause there's money on the line or whatever. So we're all getting very 
uh, tense about it. And in the middle of it, we don't notice that there's this bear dog. This dog has started to swim out to the boat, to the middle of the river. And so he's, like, fighting this fish, and it's hanging off the bottom. And all of a sudden, this goddamn dog comes in from the side and just gets tangled in the line and then slides down to where it has the fish between. So the fish is literally between its legs. Like So there's, like, a dog, and then right underneath it is, like, a, you know, it ended up being, like, a 39-inch fish. And it's underneath the dog, and he's trying to land the dog, and we're like <laughs> swearing and screaming. And what's funny is normally I would, I love dogs. I would normally be very much a, in, concerned about this dog's safety, but I'm, instead I'm just like, all of a sudden I'm thinking about the money, you know, and we're just like, get that goddamn dog out of here. And it's stuck on the thing, and he's ripping on his rod. And in the process, because it's literally stuck in the dog, he snaps his rod in half. So now he's got a broken rod. Like it breaks like right at the, 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 the second feral. And so now he's like, we're hand lining the stupid muskie cause we can't use the rod anymore. So he's hand over handing it. And I got a net and the dog is all stuck and we get the, it up there and I just grab the dog by the collar and just whip it like, over, <laughs> just like, <laughs> chuck it over to the left into the river you know so it's out of the way and then we net the fish and and it just you know it's like the most absurd stuff and and like to me the whole reason to do any of this is that so you end up with a stupid story like that you know i mean that you can come back and just be like hey remember that time that we got that the bear dog got stuck <laughs> in your stuff you know and you know that to me is like the whole reason to go musky fishing it really you know that it, it's about like good stories and and you know and a lot of times the best stories come when things go wrong you know like when stuff doesn't actually go well yeah good That's stories the, don't happen when things go right no no nobody wants to hear a story about i went fishing and caught a bunch of fish that's a really boring story it you is because it's over already yeah i mean yeah right i mean but you know, that one is, was fun because we actually landed the fish. And what's funny was we ended up, uh, that fish actually ended up winning the side pot for the night. So it ended up being a, a really quite uh, a lucrative, lucrative, fish. A lucrative fish for the day. Um, but which made it even funnier because we got to tell that story at the bar like 20 times, you know. Um <laughs> And then everybody, yeah, so yeah, Bowen kept running around that whole night and would only call Josh Bear Dog all night, and, you know, it, it, that stuff's kind of funny. So you guys doing the tree lens again? Yeah, we're doing it. It's gonna. It's two weeks from now, and it, 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 I kind of have a slightly different crew in that a couple of, that um, actually a totally different uh, team. Josh can't do it, so... Uh, the, the two guys that I normally do it with can't can't do it, and uh, so I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna fish it, and I was actually gonna go fish with Dustin Hines, who I know has been on your show a few times. He's coming up here, so I called him like, "Hey, I'm not doing the tree lens. I, you know, I'll go fish with you." And he was like, "Great." And then I totally like then you blew the, him off. Yeah, <laughs> the, so I had to call him and be like, oh, "I guess I'm doing the tournament again. Sorry." And just feel all bad about kind of leaving him hanging a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what, if but, you get a chance to fish with that dude, there is yeah. not anyone more fun. Oh, I, I, you know what? I, I believe it. I've had, I, that's like, you know, I hate the internet mostly 
but what I realized is that it is actually good and that I've actually had some of like some really great like phone conversations and you know that kind of kind of stuff and and he's coming up here and he's going to fish you know sort of around Eau Claire for for about six days and I've just kind of been really trying to like make sure that he's got shuttles run and and you know to kind of but and, and I'm hoping to at least try to get out with him for one of those days while, while he's up here. And cause I believe you and what a nice guy. Yeah. We, we actually didn't get to fish with him, but we camped next to him down at the hardly strictly last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, that's interesting. Like Treeland, you know, that's, that's always a fun part about Treelands is just that, you know, it's like, there's all these, this weird tribe of musky fishers and it's, it's really fun to, to be in, you know, to have every, a large number of people, at least from this neck of the woods, um, sort of show up and actually meet people in person. And, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous tournament. It costs $150 to enter it. This is classic Wisconsin. It costs 150 bucks to enter Treelands. And for that, at three nights of dinner and, and beer for three nights, plus like door prizes and stuff. So it's like, I think, you know, a homeless person should enter. Yeah. For three nights to stay. They're going to come out. <laughs> they're going to be way ahead at the end. You know, I mean, I don't mean, but I mean, it's like you just couldn't lose by entering the contest. Um, you know, it, it, and so it just ends up being such a fun thing. But I think last year, I think there was 55 muskies boated. Oh, for, oh shit. Last year at the beach, yeah. I think there were 17. Yeah, I mean it's really something, you know. I'll tell you what, it was depressing. We got, we had two, but we had that one that was a, it was a nice one. It wasn't that great of a fish necessarily, but we came in and and I ran into uh, to Dan Daly and and Brad Bowen and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, hey, and they're like, hey, how'd you guys do? And I was kind of like, well, we got two. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. We got two muskies, and Brad's like, well, we got eleven. <laughs> Well, who are those like, guys? That was Bowen and <laughs> no, Dan I'm teasing. <laughs> and I was like, they got 11 the first day. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess we're not going to win. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, tomorrow, the next day, we didn't even know what to do with ourselves. Like, well, we have to catch at least nine muskies today to have it, you know, or something. And, and the scoring, the scoring, it was weird. It actually really, uh, the scoring last year, it sort of in the last few years, it 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 kind of like favored you if you caught a lot of small fish instead of like a couple of big fish. And and Brad, I mean, it's in his backyard, so he just he totally knew what to do, and and uh, you know he knew where to go. He had a baby pool somewhere <laughs> to go to yeah. go find him. And I mean, really, is you know, so it and and so. The, you know, the, and those guys just went and caught fit, caught a bunch of fish, and you know that's kind of it's, it's it's significantly further north than I normally fish for me. So we're sort of out of our sort of you know we're out of our realm. But it, but it was funny, you know. But this year they've changed the scoring. I think I think when they started the contest, it was kind of started by some people that do where it's normally gear fishing, you know. And I think that when they started the contest, I think a little bit they didn't think we'd catch any fish with flies. So they made the scoring be, you know, well, we don't, let's, you know, we'll have the scoring be pretty good, but, you know, if you catch some small fish, so be it. And I think, you know, all of a sudden, it, you know, you end up with 
55 fish for i think that was it was more than one fish per person if you added like looked at how many competitor you know and so it's like oh well we don't need to 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 do that we can act you know so they they've i think they've changed the scoring to bring it more in line with like the way they would be with like traditional gear tournaments so you just but, have to like take a picture of the fish with you know like some kind of thing on or a yeah. sticker or some stuff and turn it in yeah yeah so if i can tell you more story i know we're it's kind of going long but so 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 two years ago or three years ago i'm fishing with a friend yeah that's the way you have to have a bump board and you have to take a picture with the, the token so uh, uh, three years ago I, I go with a friend of mine and we took i've got a little 12 foot drift boat in addition to my my bigger one like a little two-person boat little hide and there was just the two of us, and there was this dam where we could slide the thing through the woods and down this big hill, and we'd be able to get in below this dam where we figured, like, no one else would be there. So that would be our ace in the ace in the hole, and we slide in, and uh, we're fishing below this dam, and the water was really high, and I hook a fish, like, right away. I've got a fish, and the water starts, like, running the boat, and we're trying to land it, and I'm being all weird with it because it you know, again, cause there's money instead of just landing the stupid thing right away. Um, and we start washing into this birch tree that's hanging over the water. And, oh, in the middle of all this, uh, Eric, the guy I'm fishing with has placed the bump board up on right on the little thing by the rail on the side of the boat. And we almost go into a birch tree. And so the boat does this big rock, like right and left. And then, you know, we land the fish and I'm like, okay, awesome. Where's the bump board? And he's like, uh, oh, shit. And the bump board fell over the side and sank. So it was just gone. So now we have this fish and we have no way to measure it. And we're, I'm like, are you kidding? And it's all going on. And, and meanwhile, this poor fish is like in the net in the water. And I'm just like, I get sort of half disgusted with the whole situation, half laughing and half just swearing. And I just literally grabbed like, have the fish and i just shove my hand right into the fish's mouth and <laughs> rip the fly out of it just like god damn it and i pull the fly out and let the fish go because we can't measure it and it's not going to score and then i'm standing there talking and all of a sudden eric's like dude look and i look down and the whole front of me my jacket and like i was wearing some waders I look like I worked in a slaughterhouse. I mean, it's just, there's like a gallon of blood pouring down the front of me and down my waders and just dripping all over. And, uh, so we ended up, we had to, we had to row all the way to the takeout as fast as we could put the boat on the trailer, drive all the way to park falls. And we had to go to the St. Croix rod factory, which is the only place open. And we had to buy a bump board and the only bump board they had cost $75. Oh, and so we had to buy a $75 bump board and then go back and put in. And needless to say, it didn't, you know, I think we might've caught one more fish for the two days. And it was, it was a, it was a rough, it was a rough two days, but we always laugh about, you know, you still day, have the bump board. The day, Yeah, I still have it. It's a total piece of shit. It doesn't work. I, <laughs> I, I've replaced it with a, it doesn't. It's one of these weird ones where that's you have to read the number in the middle of it or something. It just totally sucks. So I ended up buying a. Uh, there's no better bump board than the uh, like 11.95 Rapala gray folding bump board. I'm telling you what. I, 
I have a musky bumper, and I love it. Yeah. I only because um, I want it. It's a beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That my other one. I don't even know. I it, I I have it. I'm it's sitting in my basement somewhere. But. Alrighty, man. Well, hey, I don't want to keep you all night, and uh, we have to get going so we can do our third segment. So yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to hit your plug up one more time? Where can yeah, people find you? Yeah, well, I'll just do. Yeah, I'll do my shameless plug. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's OclaireAnglers.com, E-A-U-C-L-A-I-R-E, A-N-G-L-E-R-S, Oclair Anglers. Um, you know, that's that. That's who we are. And but I really, this is just always such a treat, man. You guys do such a great show, and and it's just so much fun to be a part of it. So thank you so much well thank you we enjoy you taking time out of your your busy schedule to uh to come and hang out with us yeah so thanks god steven's great <laughs> that during that uh, conversation yeah i'm telling you man so he's uh, always a good time he is he's great he has a great online presence if anyone doesn't follow him on facebook go check him out he has a great online like presence yeah if you're looking for musky water that's where you want to go get a guy to trip at oh absolutely that's i mean look at the amount of number of muskies they're putting in the boat in a year mm-hmm. i mean they're in the zone and you know it, it's cool he's talking about the experience and the time out on the water because it does make a difference and you know it's hard to find a, a couple guys to actually musky fish with or that you like that yeah, fish the same way you do, that want to be the same distance away from the bank that you want to be, that want to be in the same distance away from this and this structure, or that correspond and you, you could actually fish with and not, you know, because tensions can get a little weird out there sometimes when you're fishing with people you don't know sometimes and whatever else. Like Steve said, tell off-color jokes. You know, who who wants to sit and listen to me all day? I'm sure you guys get tired of it after a while. No, you're actually you're actually the entertainment. I was going to say, I think you're like the guy who we were talking about, the entertainer of the boat. And when Chad's, Mark and I, we, when we're by ourselves, we have fun, we're, but it's not as... We do. I mean, I'm usually, I fish, and I'm just... We're doing our, we're uh, doing our thing, I'm especially doing what thing, we do, yeah. but we both do, and, but you're always a little more lighthearted about everything than what we get. We take it a little, I think, a little, like, when I'm rowing, I'm like, and I want to be real serious, and See, you, you always keep things a little more lighthearted in the back of the boat. I feel when I'm in the rower's seat, it's my job to keep the, the boat lighthearted. Yeah. Well... I have my methods of keeping me and Mark lighthearted, so, you know. (laughs) That's lightheaded. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but we always have a good time when we're out there. And the other day we went out, and man, dude, uh, I hadn't been out fishing in a few weeks. All the, you know, remodeling of the home we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, and I couldn't go. Uh, but with you know assholes. what, though, before you get that, one thing like Stephen brought up that makes a good point. Like, like having people with like a bad mindset or just uh, frustrated with the day and stuff. That's one thing is we got we fish. It's never like, oh man, it stinks. Or it's just you just no. keep going. And then when the day's done, you're like, okay, that's done. Let's go. So it's always like, uh, you always, there's always a good upbeat mindset going. Through well, the we're day. always glad to be out there. Like that's you're saying, we don't get out a ton. Yeah, anymore. you know, we get out once a week or so, and we don't get the boat out all the time. And you know, as much as I was there for a while because of you know just different stuff. And you know, so it, it's man, you gotta have fun while you're out there. But I, I will tell you one thing. Uh, you guys went out fishing Monday. I did not. Because I had to run a race, but I will tell you one thing: my wife, she she doesn't get my humor like you guys. 
like, Ashley, this is gonna suck. This is gonna suck. This, oh, my legs are broke. I don't want to do this. And she doesn't get me being sarcastic. And you know, she's like, why can't you just be positive? I am being positive, Ashley. Come on. This is just me being me. You, you've been married to me for ten fucking years. Come on. <laughs> but she doesn't get the uh, the witty blue humor that I have, like you guys do. Speaking of that, oh, I saw I saw Chad at uh, that following Tuesday. We played Chad's team. Uh, Coach Chad wasn't running much. No, Chad, <laughs> Chad, uh, Coach Chad was not barely moving. And, Legs uh, a little sore, huh? Oh my god, he, he was putting out cones, and he's like, like I mean, you can see him like barely inching, <laughs> like barely moving each leg back and forth to like put these cones down to get his kids to go, you know, where he wanted them and everything. It was that, that's why my kids did all the running. It was fun. Oh, they and they ran <laughs> us, but that was a good time. Yeah, whoop you. Ah, uh, yeah. This time it was bad, man. The kids going back to kindergarten, I think, changed things a little bit, not to get off subject, but. Oh, and I do have a dad that counts score every every game. <laughs> oh, it's because his son scores five goals a game. <laughs> See, yeah, all of them. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because like he told me this week at the football game, he's like, you know, I count score. <clears throat> if you ever are curious, like <laughs> the one girl, the one girl on my team, because if it's not Chad's team, we're just we're just swamping on teams too. Like every other, like there's four teams and. Anytime we play any other team, it's just a whooping. And the little girl's like, we've scored like seven goals. I got four. And I'm like, little girl, quit being a bragger. Because when you play Chad's team again, they're going to whoop you. So, <laughs> so so, think about how good it is now and just wait till then and make it good then too. You know what I mean? And take this as practice for the for when we're going to play somebody who's really going to put it on you. Yeah, but they're five, four and five. So, geez, how much seriousness can you take? I've been cracking up more than anything. It's funny watching them just face plant when they trip over each other. They're just like, boom, and you're like, oh, that's great. Or seeing a kid like on a fast break, and then the ball gets under their feet, and they oh. step on it, and they go ass over ten cups. My daughter <laughs> did that last week, and my, uh, you felt bad for her because she was going. She had one coming, you know, and it was just, she just hopped a little too much and right up on top of the ball, and <laughs> boom, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so back on the fishing. Yes, Let's sorry, sorry. <laughs> Real life got in the way. Yeah, Chad, Chad's a so yeah, Chad's broken legs. That day you went for a run. I went for a run, so I couldn't fish with you, asshole. So we called PJ, but we drank afterwards, wholeheartedly. <laughs> we did. Sure. Yeah, I think Jay that was didn't. Yeah, no, I, I, yo, I, no, and I got here. You were hammered already. I was slurring already. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even take the boat home. I just pulled right up with the boat in the back of the truck, but uh. No, yeah, Chet couldn't go. We called PJ, and PJ said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So we get out there, man, and it was one of those days. It started a little slow, but as soon as the water temp kind of started to warm it up a little bit. It did start slow. Like right around 8, that, 9 o'clock. That first run right before he hit the riffle, mm-hmm. not a fish. Mm. Didn't even bump one through mm. there. I mean, that thing usually puts out quite Something. a few. Something, yeah. Nothing, and we were moving so fish we're like, in places, we, or we were catching fish in places we never catch never fish. Never did, and it was like, it's like, okay, well that's a little weird. So we work down through, and then you know you get behind next section there, kind of get past the slow water, still nothing. Oh, it did pull one decent fish right at the end of the fast water, right before the bridge. Okay, it's like okay, yeah. a little bit of start, get around, start picking the bank across there, nothing. It's like, See, wait I always a count second. anything above the the. Railroad bridge, I count anything above that as a bonus. 
Normally. The weird part is, is you go in and wade that, it's lights out. I'm sure. Row down through it, can't move a dang fish. It's just weird. I mean, because that's the areas I go when it's, you know, at the level I can walk. That's where I go and wade. And you can sit in there for hours and catch fish. We should, for some reason, just go through there and pick up a couple danks here and there. But now we worked down through that and then started picking the bank down through the next section. It was like nothing, nothing. Then got back in that fast water a little bit. Fish started coming and hit the slow water again. That's where PJ finally got to row a little bit. He took down through there. We pull anything after the bridge right there? Yeah, I mean, he got one out of that fast a, water we'd there. We already pulled a few fish at that point. I mean, even we're probably fish. Yeah, we probably pulled three, four fish. By the time you got to the tracks? Yep. And then once we got through the first run of slow water after that, it just went stupid. Yeah, I mean, it was lights out. I, you couldn't couldn't put your fly in the water, honestly. It was fish after fish after fish. I mean, if you went like... Pop, like I, I was fishing, I fished the same fly that's sitting right here in front of us. is completely destroyed all day. I have and a picture that I'll, it's I'll a, post it's, it. It's a white clouser. Pop, pop, pop. White, uh, and then count it to three. One, two, three. On a third pause, you can almost set on it, and they were there. How, and how, it w- how important was the white mark? <clears throat> we had a little More bit than I thought. <laughs> we had a little bit of a dispute during the, during the float, and I was at like... The, at the end of the day, I was like, no, put that... Put that You're splash. not fishing it right. I'm like, put that Clouser flash fly on. Let's sit. It's like nothing. I'm like, okay. So we did it probably like 10 minutes. He puts a white fly on. Bam. Bam. I'm like, I need bam, a white three fly. Three fish in a row. He turns like, see? I'm like, all right. Like, I all need right. A white you fly. win. I need a white fly. I'm like, you should it, tie it, them. It, it was white. Oh, I had some. <laughs> but it was like white and or I had white and yellow mm-hmm. that was doing well. White and orange DJ did really well. well. White and chartreuse did really yeah, well. Yeah, white and chartreuse did really well. All white and white and white did really well. And PJ, PJ hooked. Uh, you hooked. Uh, we were. Well, I was just say so. So the first fish. Yeah, we went through like a few sections of, and just it was fourteens, thirteens, twelves, mm-hmm. small dinkers, fourteens. You know, just a consistent bunch of the little fish. We had caught one decent one to that point. And then, well, yeah, that was literally right there because right when you come to the end of that water, you got that nice little riffle, mm-hmm. and then you got the, you know, so right above that at the, um, at that culvert, it's a culvert, yep, mm-hmm. that's where that fish that what was that, about sixteen right there, mm-hmm. really, yeah, real I've nice never fish. caught anything there. No, we stopped and I think someone got hung and then I cast it in. We were just sitting there, it was like boom, like oh, it's got weight to it, and we just got through that. First little quick water there, and the that maybe quick water right there is where Mike caught the catfish last year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, right above okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so about the third log down, casted right up into the seam of that log. Right so you guys were river right. River right, yeah, river yeah. right, river right up right. against okay. the bank. So there's like a little stick sticking up out of the water. The there's a log coming on. straight out. So I threw like dead nuts right dead in the middle of that corner, and pop, 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 and then paused it right there, and it was just. On right at the Mark strip has a five set. weight. Mark has yeah. a five weight. Sage five weight. He just got you, everything's broke. So all I got's a little five weight. This thing yeah. is like, I look at this thing and I'm like, well, as soon as holy it, as soon shit. as it ate, I sat and it came straight out of the water, and it did one of them belly flop deals where it got like up me and, nude at the beast. Got yes. up and laid sideways, <laughs> and you just saw the width of this fish, and it was like, oh my god, it splashes <laughs> in the water. So that's where the big us, one came from. Oh yeah, yeah. Every one ah. of us got real. 
and serious really, really Shane's quick. Shane's like, tell me what you need me to do. Tell me what you need me to do. Like, just literally just stay here. L- let me figure out what he wants to do. And it came in good the whole you time. Thank God you pull, at least got him out of that log jam. And it that did. I mean, that little five-way. I mean, mind you, I'm running 20 pounds the whole time. So you can do what you want. Oh, yeah. It. So I still put them to the screws, and I can feel that rod in my fish just bending as I'm pulling them. Like, oh, oh God, yeah. this rod's going to snap. It's going to break. That it's going to break. As soon as it made, uh, it made that first jump, it goes back down, and it, it basically did it's what it bulldog. wanted. Yeah. yeah, it did what it wanted for a little while. That's what I was like. Just keep me facing at him. Let him <laughs> do what he's going to do until he tires out a little bit. We get closer. When he gets to the boat, I'll just tell you where to maneuver. And that's what he did. He got in, and they started to work me. So Jay kind of like kept turning the boat, and he just kind of kept fighting up under the boat and made a couple good passes up, and then finally PJ got the net under him. And, was and that was a 20 and a quarter. So, so that's the first 20 we've actually physically pulled out of the river. And, and dude. I've fished that river now a solid like six years, and that's the first time I've finally put a 20. I've caught quite a few 19s, but that's the first it's actually hit 20 in that river, yeah. Big round. The, the big round, like how big around that fish was, that's just it. Jay's really, taking really like the pictures the whole time. He's like, man, he's just these just can't do this fish justice. Uh-uh, none of them were. He's like, nothing looks right with it. The the hero shot. Did you do anything with them hero shots? No, not yet. You should. That's the only yeah. thing because it was you could see how much of the acid in perspective of the fish to marks was hanging out over his hand. And I mean, there was a lot of fish hanging out over his hand, and I'm like, well, oh, I was like man. kind of a lean. We put back a tape on it and everything. Deal like that. Yeah, yeah and that's it's what, hard to take pictures in the raft. Yeah, it, oh, it is. is. That's why I told close. him. And you know what? I told him I was like, that's a fish we should have pulled over for. But thinking back, right there, there's nowhere to pull over. No, that's straight off the bank, straight in four foot of water, and it's a five foot high wall that's the probably whole why, way around. Probably why he was there. Yeah. So I mean, there's just there's nowhere you could have went. Man. So, I always think about those those that fish right there. Like, that's that that's fish, an area. I bet. He doesn't even really like. He doesn't leave that area. Well, well I bet musky or any of them other big fish don't really push him around too too much either. No, that's a. They're so mean. That's an area that right size, there though that if he's you so fast. if you anchored up and sat there, you can pull fish for hours. Out you of might it. be able to pull a few more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Decent fish probably out of there too. There's so much. I mean, that's that you figure that's five foot deep and you're gonna get through there in two casts. Come on, there's no way. You're gonna miss how many fish? Mm-hmm. If you sat on that. 10, 15 minutes and worked it, you're going to pull a significant On a day like that, especially. Oh, on a day like that, I mean, it's just, that's one of them days that what a typical float's going to take you till 1, 1 1.30. We quit at 4 and we powered out the end and we probably could have kept going because we caught fish the whole way to the end. So I got a question. There's a man-made structure that's sunk right there, like right there. Did you ever catch any fish off it? I've stood on it to cast. You never tried using it as structure? No, I've never actually fished it because I always walk the sand right to get to right because there's that little bar there that you can wait on, and I just stood up on it once we got to it. Okay. But, but uh, the next man-made structure. I was going to say, your your spot also also delivered decent. Because it does. It, 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 there was <laughs> bunches of fish yeah, there. But right, bef- right above that. Oh, yeah. Right oh, above okay. that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never caught anything big off of that thing. Oh, we fished yeah. the opposite side. Yeah. So instead of going down the, the right river right, we went river left. Okay. Yeah, that, okay. Jace told me there's he's caught him off and of the top of that. The whole way down, it's just boom, fish, 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 and all of a sudden, fish, whoa, this guy, there's a little bit more, and this one just starts bulldogging. It goes under the boat. We made probably four or five passes at getting that fish in the net and just couldn't pissed. get him in. 
kept charging down under, and it's, again, when you're trying to work on a five weight, it's just screaming at Jay, turn here, turn here. The rod's like, at one point, I had my fist the whole way down under the water, trying to get him like back around, and finally got that one, and that was an 18. So it was just on this shitty little six pieces of deer hair, Klauser Minnow. Yes. It. <laughs> it, it, well, it started with like 25. Yeah. This is sparse like old lace pubes. It, yes. It, all it, the hair at the head of it around the eyes is all flared from being snapped <laughs> off and broke and cut. And it's just that fish probably took that fly took 30 fish that day. Right, well, right it, after that, we jump over, you know, the top and works out, bro, you know, whatever. So we we start rowing. Did you guys get out the bar? Get out the bar? Uh, yeah. Take out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah, the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We took out mm-hmm. where you can back down where boat can yeah. go in the boat launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> well, we, <laughs> we we go over top of that, and Mark's rowing across it. At first, he, you you were he was trying to row a little different than what I would have done. I would have. Because Jay would have done it this way. Well, I'm just saying I would have faced my my face downstream and back road back up into the faster water and then move your ass into an eddy and be, it'll basically butt you up. Yeah, to, you know, and I'm teasing to the structure. <clears throat> and but once I told you, you like moved right around and it just worked perfect. We moved, we could both move and fish our way down. We get down to where the hole is. Mm-hmm. We slap our flies. You mean where I've caught all eight. of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Down there, down there. <laughs> yeah. We slap our flies in the water, and it goes into a feeding fucking frenzy. You yeah, could ask It's like Mark. a bunch of piranhas, and they're like 7 to 10 pound wipers. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, shoo, shoo, shoo. you could just see four or five of them just swooping back and forth. PJ, boom, boom. All of a sudden, yeah. PJ yeah. hooks up. He's gone. We have to put the pole up over top of mine. We'll even be right That's all you that. hear is like, Zzz! and I'm mm-hmm. like, Jay, there's fish on yours, there's fish on yours. Keep your fly in the water. So it's like. I'm trying to tell him, and he's going like full retard at this point. He's Jay? trying to catch a fish. The line's wrapped around his chest. I'm like, take your rod and lift it over your head. Take his rod, put it under the other one. What? Take the rod and put it. Oh. And he's just like <laughs> staring at me. So like, take PJ's rod, grab it with your other hand. <laughs> so he, finally, he figures it out. We, they get the rods <laughs> all sorted. At this point, that striper was what? 150 uh, yards away? Yeah. Was it, it in was, the middle? Oh, it was, it was way three out. quarters of the way. Yeah, it was. But at it, one point, it probably almost got the craziest to the other side. thing. But I've they don't seen. go down into that riffle. No, you no. know, I, I've have noticed you seen, that. Like, have you you've ever seen them swarm like that? No, I haven't. But I I've never been there more than as soon as it did. They were half done, hour. Though. Yeah, it, as soon as after they did that, I I think what when when our flies hit the water, I bet a bunch of bait fish were down mm-hmm. there, and that set them bait fish off to just go sporadic. And then those fish just started going berserk, and it was just feeding time. And once one moves to feed, then they all just start going to feed. And it was... Set them off. We watched a, a fish just, I mean, barely miss my fly. I mean, barely. I mean, it was right on the top, too. He came all the way up to hit it. Ah, oh, heart rush for a second. There was a quick heart rush, and hey, yeah. thank God at least PJ hooked the one. It could have been... A, it was a close, almost double up. That was so a good what, fish, too. What would that, nice that one run? Probably six pounds. Maybe more than that, six, seven pounds. Seven pounds? Yeah, okay. big. So big. That's, a, that's a big fish. Yeah, big. I think his bi- biggest one yet, he said. It was beautiful. That's a good fish. Great fish. Yeah. The thing was <laughs> way out there. He, he fought it in hard, too, because we kept our same position. If not, you lo- you'll lose your position, and then you'll be... Then you'll be down. 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 Yeah, so you don't want to do that. So Yeah, it was, man, he fought it all the way back in, and, man, kudos to him. It was an awesome fish. We were pumped. 
That was a nice topping at the end of the day. And that's a top of like however many smallmouth. I don't know. Um, in the 50s or something. It 50 was or stupid. so. 50, 60 fish day. Most I've ever seen in the river. I mean, above your street. You're talking eight? 11, 12 casts, 9 fish. Yeah. And I think it was six casts in a row, six fish. I mean, just every time, pop, 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 count to three, boom, boom, set, every time. It was just there, there, there. I'm glad I ran that race. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you felt terrible the next day because I felt great. That was the well, most epic day we've ever had on that route. Mm-hmm. The race isn't why I felt terrible the next day <laughs> at work. <laughs> no, it was slurring afterwards, I would say, that hit you a little harder. Yeah. Well, and the tough part is, is you ran and... Sweat everything out of you, and then he filled it all I right, back, right up back up with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a smooth one. Oh, and then we got to rubbing in all that night, too. I know. Never oh, have we had great. a day like that. No, man. Uh, I, I remember getting a text message, this was a day you shouldn't have missed. So, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Oh, we oh we didn't even get to this. Mark 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 uh, foul hooked a carp <laughs> and on a five weight on a five weight right right in, right in the back fit like right on top with twenty pound test. Oh so. yeah. yeah, this thing goes fucking ape shit. Dude. I think it was it, like I got him. Oh no! I'm like and I just see it just splashing weird like back toward him sideways like away and I'm like what is going on? What the oh yeah it's it ate with the south mouth. <laughs> yeah, I thought about like you ass hooked it was and it was right in the but oh my god dude this thing just went just berserk for a while. Wouldn't you get wouldn't you go berserk too if someone hooked you in your taint? <laughs> it wasn't in the taint. Oh I got him right in the right in the top of the back. Oh, uh, it was a perfect. It was a perfect. It was a mag. good cast too, and I thought he ate when I said it must have shot right back over and caught him right in that top fin. In Egypt, <laughs> in a bad part, I couldn't break him. I had to run dead straight at him, and I'm horsing it, trying to just snap that fly. That's probably why it's all bent out the way it is. Probably, yeah, it's probably and, why it's hold him, and it wouldn't break. So I just kept handlining him, stripping him back in. Did you get him in? Yeah, we got him right to the boat, and then I pulled up and popped the hook off. Did you take a picture with him? <laughs> no, I popped the hook out of him at the side. Because it went ballistic at the boat, and the hook wouldn't pop. It was like... And I'm just <laughs> trying to break it. And then finally, the hook popped out of him. No, oh, that was awesome. It was an amazing experience. I thought for sure he ate it, though. I mean, it was just money. The fish didn't know we were there. I slapped it right over, sure drug it right over, dropped it down. I saw the gill flare, and I set, and it was on. I was like, perfect, got him. Nope. Your pets weren't there. No. They haven't been there in quite a while. Not a one. No. I don't know what's up with Jace's, that. Jace's were, yours weren't. Yeah, my pets aren't. They're not very obedient. No. Bastards. Feeding, not feeding them as much? I was down there, and the guy said, you down there catching my, my carp? I said, I'm trying to. <laughs> you down there catching my carp. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with them. I think I think needs to be, I think that low water. The low, water, low water for months and months and months on end, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. a month or two, you this know, the get first, that real, real, real summer. Quite frankly, it's the first year we've had like this in, what, mm-hmm. four or five years? Yeah. If not longer. I mean, they've it's been, hard. There's been a couple of rainy years, but not like this one's been we're, outrageous. We're still less than two, three days. That river's been under 300. 
That's it. <coughs> we Two, could three use days. It, and we usually get a month. That's, a, uh, you know, oh. what we'll call one gate. One gate, we, which is nothing. We may get a month, month and a half like that. This time of the year, that river's 80, 82 degrees, and it's at 150. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can walk any part of it. Mm-hmm. We literally physically haven't been able to wait it this year. Yeah, I, have, I haven't been to the, carp, days. to the sight fishing carp spot all year. All year. Yeah. Three days I've waited it. That's it. No, but it it is what it is, and hopefully it keeps people off of it and hey, doesn't it, educate it, these fish. It what? should lead for a really, really good next year, quality yeah. size fish wise, and maybe a good fall. And here's that the we've thing we've been though. talking about. Like the, we just had a great day of smallmouth fishing. Think about this thing too. With that great day, we touched probably sixty fish. I bet we hooked a hundred, and every one of them was gorgeous. None looked foul. None had barks on them. None were it just. They were all good-looking, healthy fish. You know what? We need to we need to go to our local and uh, throw some larger flies here before the BCD starts. Yeah, I know. I want to do that. I would love to do that. I'm always down. Even if we do like a, I hate to do a two boater, but I'm done with the two boater. If we can get enough people to want to do it. You know what I mean? It would be really nice to do that now while it's almost 500 with your boat. Yeah. That would float that thing significantly better, and it's still not fast at all. Up to 600, it's easily rowable. Very we easy. did it at 980 in the springtime, and it was fine. Even the funnel areas, at that high well, water, no, it gives you room there. to back out of. Not up there. Way lower for, for with, with these, for big fish. Yeah. I mm. want to go lower. You'd be surprised how much would probably be up top there, too. I, no, there's a lot of them up top, but I, the, there's the better lower, water. Oh, the lower water, man. Yeah. Down by my work. I think, though, yeah, yep, for sure. I think the top section, though, we really need to focus on hanging and sitting and beating on a couple of the areas a little more because they're really going to be through a few of them. We know which ones they are, mm-hmm. like where that smallmouth yeah. came out of. Yeah. That's an I area agree. there that we need to kind of just maybe hunker down there. And they maybe move through that fast water there real quick. There's nothing going to be there. But there's miles of that down low. Yeah. But I think we can run into a few good ones up top, too. Oh, yeah. Even, oh, man. Right <coughs> right below where we, we took out. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a, I tried dropping an anchor and what? I'd like to put my in where we took out. My anchor didn't even hit the bottom at 25 yeah. feet. Wow. My anchor didn't even hit the bottom of the like of our river. And I'm like. This is the deepest Imagine spot a walleye down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to put it. I've never put it in there and went down. Oh, it, it's from awesome. From there to behind your work. Yeah. I put in from oh, there and man. went the whole way down through the rest of it. But I've, that's one section there I haven't been down through. That's a, that's a nice stretch. Uh, there's a lot of dead yeah, two, water. Two good two good uh, creeks, you know. But uh, there's, what is it? A lot of dead water, but it'd be good musky water because it's so slow and like a lake. You know what I mean? So they're not having to fight the current, unlike what Stephen Moissner said. I just I wonder how many of them at some point just don't want. They 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 do want to though too. What do you think about? I think that? it's a time of year type thing too. It could be, yeah, absolutely. But like I saw that one going past me, whether it be a pike or what have it. But I don't know. I I don't know. I like I said. I always. Just motor on past this one long, straight, slow stretch. Just because it, it's not... I've never caught smallmouth there, but I think it would be great musky water. And I just... 
I well, the, Chad and I we moved one through the one section, and Jace like a Jace and I saw other smaller fish. Yeah, you know, in in that same section stretch of water. So I think there would be man, especially between there and even even lower. You know. Yeah, I'm. There's got to be there's got to be musky. I'm there. always in for the that float, always. No matter what it takes to get my boat down that hill, I'm in. <laughs> so. Um, Jay, you also had uh, some stories to tell about lifestyle. Oh yeah, your dad sanding. It's been great. So you know we're uh, I we did all the patching, got all patching done Thursday, Friday, and stuff. Fan on and everything else. So sun, Saturday comes, I take my time. I go to the store, buy all my shit at Lowe's. You know, and you can't go to Lowe's and not spend a fortune. Mm. So you can't. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, def- I definitely can't. So. You know, but I, I get home, I, I'm, me and my dad were sanding and everything. Uncle Bob comes over, he's like, I hate sanding drywall. I'm like, do you know what else needs done over here? My grass needs cut. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you show me how, you know, get your zero turn. I'll take one pass, show me the outside of your lawn, and I'll, I'll, I'll mow it. I'm like, sounds good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It's, uh, it, it's my time. It's got to be done. I, so I got to so he gets on zero turn, starts going around, dad shows up. Like, all right, Dad, we're gonna stand drywall. He's like, all right, all right, this is gonna suck. I'm like, it's gonna suck, dude. It's gonna suck. So he gets it, and he tell him embrace the suck, Dad. Embrace embrace the suck. You know, we we had our good time, and we did all the walls. This is level level three fun. Yeah, it sucks. We did all the we did all the walls, and you know, it's like no, we had to bite the bullet. But as soon as we get on the walls, and he's he's going away, you know, sanding away, sanding away, sanding away, and I'm I go over and look what he did, and I'm like, oh my god, like. Okay, if anybody understands drywall, drywall on the edges has a bevel. You know, so the two seams meet and the bevel, so you put your tape in and you cover the bevel. So you're trying to basically, the patch is only to basically take the bevel out of the drywall itself. And he's sanding the bevel back into, he's sanding so low, it's just the bevel's coming right back into the drywall. And I'm like, like no, 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 no. Do you? I, I'm, I'm not the greatest patcher, but you should barely have to sand this. It doesn't look bad. You should barely have to sand this. So, by the end, he was doing great. He was doing great. He was doing all the corners. You and have to they, go repatch it all then. I had to repatch those two spots. Yeah, that he did that too right in the beginning. And once I told him, he, he was fine. Once I explained it. You know, it's barely touch. You just gotta get like, if it's like a like a little crease, you gotta just sand that out, and then barely touch. You can almost tell if me your you, hands are if, gritty enough. Like my my hands are like you know sandpapering themselves. I can almost sand drywall with, just with my hands. If you can feel it, you can see it. That's the only thing. You, I told him the whole time. I'm sanding with my right hand. I'm feeling with my left. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling with my left, constantly just feeling the drywall. Because if I feel something weird, I'll look, and then you'll find it. You'll feel it again. Okay, then you sand there. And you, then you sand maybe three or four passes. All right, feel it again. Okay, almost there. Oh, sand it again. Two more, three more passes, and then you'll be perfect. You know, and it, there's a little bit of an art to it. I mean, the, the patching, there's definitely an art to But, man, for how it turned out after we did all the um, we did all the primer and the ceiling tonight, today, man, the ceiling came out flatter and shit. There's a couple, couple spots I could maybe put some uh, vinyl patch in. And just touch up, but man, if people are gonna go over a fine tooth comb and punch them in the eye and then tell them how they how they see the ceiling now, put two coats of primer over it. Nuts to it if it's that small. I mean, it, there was a couple that I mean, I honestly could put a little vinyl patch in. I did learn one thing. I tried fixing something, 
with vinyl patch before it had paint on it. And that's a fucking no-no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. Yeah. And I should know that after, you know, doing this for five years. But, I, you know... But you know those now. Guys, those guys do such great patchwork... That you don't need it. That you'll, you will you rarely ever need it. And it's always after. And it's, a, you know, an afterthought after somebody might have nicked the wall with, you yep. know, putting cabinetry in or something like that. Which, that happens. That's going to happen. But... So I learned that. Yeah, learned that the tough way. But... Everything ended up working out to where I just repatched it with lightweight. So, yeah. Hey, live and learn. It all looked good when it was done. Hey, man, I'm proud of you. That kitchen is coming along. I can go check it out. I can't wait till you cook us dinner. <laughs> Somebody's better be cooked. Somebody did it. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> I'm be sitting on my ass. I'll tell you that. No, it's been fun. You know, I, I, I just, I'm happy that I've had people to come out and help. So if I didn't have people to come out and give me a hand here and there, like my Uncle Bob and Dad and you and, you know, everybody. Just Dean came out Friday night, you know, to lift their work. My uh, old, the old grumpy man I have to deal with every day at work. He's a really, you know, he's good, he's good at what he does. He's been doing this shit for four years. Did you feed him high lives? Oh, he had, yeah, I actually, yeah, I got him a case of beer. And so he, you know, he came, helped me out, man. We got everything done real quick. And it's nice when you get a little, you know, I had a little bit of, Sanding to do this morning of patching I did yesterday, just finishing stuff, and I woke up earlier, and everybody else got there, did all that, man, and it's just right to it. My wife is like, like she could start to see things come along. All the lights are in the ceiling now. All the like, you know, I bought all the uh, the um, six-inch uh, can lights, like the actual lights themselves that go into the LEDs, and the nice ones like you can get from Home Depot. There's these ones you could actually switch through like five different light colors. So the yellow or blue or no, not, not so yellow or not so blue. It's not even blue. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah, light, light, yes. light and yes, warm. Yeah, like there's like a the the white white or you know you like your like a traditional yellowish yeah color exactly. So yeah, it was, I like those ones. I I even called I called Bruce. I'm like, where the hell do you get those lights at? I want those ones. Like, I'm looking at Lowe's. I'm like, they ain't got them here. It's like, you got to go to Home Depot for that. So, there's different things you can get at different, those both those places that mm-hmm. I like better. I like the grout from Home Depot. Just, you know, just a few things. Yep. But I got uh, the floorings just a little behind. Uh, the cabinets. I went and saw all the cabinets the other day uh, at the cabinet maker, the Amish cabinet maker. He's one of my, he's my neighbor's brother. So, uh, you know, I, I was talking to my neighbor, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see your brother a little later. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him, and I went and saw the cabin. He wasn't even in the shop or anything. I just walked right in, and no, I look, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these things are just beautiful. So I have a question about that, that place. Mm-hmm. Does that run off of a diesel engine and a bunch of goddamn pulleys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Sure it does. Yep. God bless those people. Yeah. You know? Same I, way, and like a lot when of I stuff, built furniture up there, I go up and yeah. help them. That's like what you worked with. Yep. And, and a lot of the stuff, like you see, like the way they they um do all their pre-drilling and everything. Is just, it's with the Yankee. Yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah. yeah. It's it's hand. It's a that hand drill. What? Yeah, that things work. Too. Yeah. Duh, quickly. Gone are they good? Yes. You know what else works? A DeWalt 20 volt. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even think they I'm run it straight, you, man. I'm telling you, by the time, because I was messing with one, that you would sit, hook up a drill, and run it. Or you take a Yankee and go, burp, burp, and it was in. Burp, burp, and you can literally move quicker with one of them than you could a drill. 
and they're the well, you and, fly they, and, with one. and they're good with them so and they've used them forever so I mean like one push is like probably six turns so I mean you make one good two good pushes you're 12 turns and that was less than a second it's just it just fired them in I mean that's a couple of years that's all I did was build outdoor furniture for the Amish and working with them was just they could move with them and they like they in they they do all their own like spraying painting they actually like if you get a painted cabinet they use like a catalyst like almost like you would use for spraying a car or any you know anything like that i learned that when i body shop manager for a while but they use the same type of thing and it's a real hard paint the way they do it i don't know anything about all the science of what they do but i know the ours are getting stained it's uh it's like a light uh it's almost like a frost, like a white kind of stain, like a grayish white stain. So you're just bleaching the tips. Yep, and, but you can see all the wood grain in it, so it's gonna. I, I still want to keep the wood grain. It's they're all maple cabinets. Dude, their cabinets are so solid. I won't even talk about this. We put in. This is who we use for, at where I work. All the cabinets are usually made by the same company. They we put in Bruce and I, you know, the owner of the company whatever we talk about uh we put in some cabinets for these people beautiful beautiful home and man they are just amazing looking all these cabinets they're all three quarter inch maple all the way through everything the backs are even three quarter inch maple no they're out they're real light so we're like all right there's this one it's just giant dude i barely pick up one side we put rollers underneath it he barely picks up the other side i roll the roller underneath it we roll it out of the trailer oh thank gosh he could pull like the house is so big you could actually pull the trailer in through the house <laughs> and we just roll it out the roll off the back of the trailer right over to where the kitchen was going in but oh my gosh just said but they're so nice and you know they're solid. They're when they go in there, they're never coming out. Like nobody's ever gonna want to change them things. You couldn't. I mean, the only nicer. You know, I mean, not even nicer. But the Biltons before, but they're still. You know, these are. Ah, oh, I went and saw them. They were just cool. So cool. So, I like it, Linus Moore. So this is great. This is Lisa Loeb. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. So you got to do that. We got to do these. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the Buckhill. I, I will say, I had the best time bucktailing yesterday, because Mark yeah. got off work at noon, and I didn't get off work till 3. I got a P2, go talk. Um, or go pee. Yeah, you guys go talk. Go talk. You two go talk in the bathroom. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, Mark got off work at noon, I got off work at 3, so I texted him about 2.30, I said, man, I'm, I'm running late. I don't know what's going on, why today's running late, but... I got off work at three, and it's like I called my wife. I said, "Ash, you gotta buy a case of beer because Mark's at the house all by himself doing deer tails. He needs refreshments." That was good timing, thanks. So, you. so uh, my wife bought beer, and she was home for what ten minutes before I even got yeah, home. Yeah, that was it. And uh, I was like, "Man, by the time I got home, you had thirty done, I think." Forty-five. Forty-five done. Yeah. So by the time I got home, we did ten. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did more than 10. You know, but 55 total. Yeah, I think I did more than 10. Well, we still had to go through everything, though. Just splitting-wise, is 45 done. Okay. Then we had to go through, wash them all, soak I guess them all. Right. I mean, there was a lot of really good tails in them. Oh, my wow. God, yeah. I, 
They that was one of the better batches we've done, hands down. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of mauled ones in the bags that maybe four or five, and even at them, they were really good great tails. I mean, there, there was, they're gonna be great for us. Oh, they're gonna be perfect. That's what I'll tie these with muskies, doubles and stuff. There was there was one tail I looked over there, man. Not even just for two Keep seconds. Keep your grubby fingers off in. of it. So there was <laughs> one all the way on that top on the top rack. All the way to the right, it was probably like the second or third bucktail in. It was fucking big. There's and a couple, really, really full too. There's a couple in there. I took beside a be like six that? inch, eight inch uh, fillet knife, and it was probably a good solid four or five inches past it. I mean, there are some real big long tails in there. Oh yeah, and even like the length of the fibers that on that one were probably six inches. Well, we figure season starts in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think he still has two bags left to go in his freezer. Mine, I probably couldn't fit a two-pound package of hamburger in it. It's full of bucko. From last year? Mm-hmm. They need to get done. See, so yeah, as soon as this batch done, start another, get them rolling through. Almost through. We probably did in the neighborhood of... I bet we're over 500 this year. Let's say somewhere in the low 500s. Apparently, there's a uh, need for you to learn how to dye them black. Is what I hear in in the, you know, the musky world. There's a there's a. That's something that you I, got, I you I, I wouldn't need to learn how to dye things black, Chad. I wouldn't mind taking that endeavor on. I really wouldn't. I mean, you've got to double dye them. And I think if you do you it start right, with purple, man. I think I bet you started with a dark red. purple, red. Yeah, I've heard red is a really good, really good first dye color. I've heard red as well. Yeah, if you start with red, then go black, because it you is never go back. No, never. I mean, in all reality, and that's like so I was gonna, I was going to bring up to Steve when he was talking, because I fish black flies. Probably you guys know what seventy percent of the time I fish, it's a black fly, but because they matter, th- absolutely. I sit down and tie like a musky fly. I bet I have twenty black tails. You guys sit and try to pick through because there's so much junk. They're just they're almost all of them are crap. I have a question, maybe like a thought on the dying of the black. So are you? So the pot that you're putting your bucktails in is right on top of the fire, right? And there's just water on top of fire boiling, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I guess head shakes don't work in audio. Have you have you thought about this? Like, so, like, uh, so make a, take one pot and have water in it. Well, before you get to that, here's the problem I think you're thinking. You're thinking heat is because it's so hot it's in the, the time dot. period it takes. It's heat because of how hot it has to get in order for that black to set completely into the fibers itself. Which is? It won't set at the same temperature that the rest of them will. Which is? Well, it's typically 160, but in order to get it to set completely in, if you don't want to go above 160 and crinkle fibers, which a lot of people will, they'll go to 180 with black, and that's where you get the real crinkly stuff, Mm -hmm. where you cinch down and it lays flat on there. If you want to keep it and still keep the body in it, you've got to keep it sub 160. That's so what you okay. do is you dye it to a different color. Mm-hmm. That sets that color into it. So now the black has something to set into it. Well, that's it. the whole point of the double broiler. So what you're going to do is you're going to put a pot with water into a, another pot, a, a larger pot, with boiling water. So now the top water 
and the top pot's never going to be able to exceed or burn or get higher than that boiling water point, which is that 160 you're talking about. So now this stays at a really nice 160. And that's, uh, I've learned this from doing other things and not trying to burn them to make them into other things. <laughs> like when I was a lot younger and a little more stupid. And making other things. Yeah, and making other things. And not, not like anything, not anything ridiculous, you know. <laughs> but just things. Just, you know. But you'll, you'll learn, you know. <laughs> There's there's that there's that process like and and you you could think if if you if you don't bring it above that temperature because a lot of guys used to just use a crock pot back in the day you know guys just throw a bunch of their shit into the crock pot and it would turn and it would burn or they could they could had the uh, their ability to if they left it too long it would burn so you know by using a double broiler you never could get the burning because it couldn't ever get to above the temperature it needed to be at. That's a great idea, and I think that's we sh- not a bad idea at all. What? Where? Where the hell have you been all our lives, dude? I just I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I man, I've I, you I, cut I, that part out and don't 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 let anybody else listen to that. <laughs> that's trade secret. I'm just being serious. No, I no, I like that idea. We got to figure out now how to make you can make you can let it go longer that way and yeah. not get the burning. Yeah. So I got to figure out now how to put a pot inside of a pot. Yes. I have a big pot and I have a smaller pot, so I gotta figure out how to to set it inside now. I'm I'm thinking coat hangers. Well, there's a will, there's a way. We're not we're not those guys who give a shit about those trade secrets or anything. No, but we're, we're gonna we're, we're do just, it. We're just spinning wheels over here. I'm just throwing out ideas. And and once we make it happen and once we make it work, we're gonna share to the world how we do it. Damn right. <laughs> That's the way we Possibly. should. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> At least we'll share it with Ooh, Nick from, from Respect to Harvest. That'll be about it. There you go. <laughs> so, Onana, do we have anything else we want to hit on? I think we covered it all. And uh, you guys were picking out specific tales. <sighs> second Some were one, delicious. Second one yeah. from the far right, bottom row, closest. Like, yeah, no, that one. No, really, that oh. one's the one. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. That one? I, yeah, <laughs> things like three inches thick. It's like Macy Gray's bush. Oh man. Yeah, that's but white. monster. <laughs> it is. That's a, oh man, that's an amazing looking bucktail. Oh. Yeah. So, you want flies? And the next week I'll probably be finally unburying out of this this hole of orders and be ready yeah. to get back into. Oh, war. we didn't we didn't talk about. I want to talk about this this fly right here. Mark ties a uh, a bluegill pattern color a color pattern if i were to ever catch a bluegill that size i'd be the happiest man on the face of the planet (laughs) (laughs) even that it just that's why i hand you this fly mate did you catch a trout today this big no i mean it's no it's perfect man it's it's an amazing it's amazing color pattern i i I looked at it and it man if it wasn't already sold i want it (laughs) i would have bought it yep it's got a it's 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 black off the head. It's got some orange and blue right around the back end of the collar, into some blue back into orange, green back, the yeah. top back. All green back, laid all of in the back. <sighs> orange and blue belly and a little purple. That's a good looking fly, man. That's gonna catch a muskie. All of an orange tail. Hopefully, we'll see. Good luck to the guys. Absolutely. Guys, is going out to. Yeah, appreciate all the business. It's kept me busy of late for sure. I think we were on the we were on the we were on the flow when that when you, you found out you got that order right. Yeah, and then right after that it was just hammered with them. <laughs> boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Like, okay. 
Sweet. There well, we it's, a, it's the time of year, and it's getting into it. All that cool weather setting in. You can tell a lot of people are starting, and I know now that I finally got everything. I got a computer back to edit pictures. I finally got a phone that works half decent, so I can get back and rolling with uh, more social media and get pictures out there. I mean, I got pictures from all summer long of flies and orders and stuff backed up that I haven't had any way to work on them or do anything with them. So they've just been kind of sitting stagnant for the last few months. Beautiful work, though, bud. Thank you. Appreciate it's it. all right. Ah! That's Chad, really good. Thing Chad, take. Chad's they been, take forever. I know. They, oh, yeah. oh. Well, something like that is going to take forever. That's, yeah, I mean, you're so... fairly intricate. Hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes, and I fly. That's fairly intricate, man. And the feathers are awesome. Oh, them all the back, genetics are The just, back end of this oh. one is... And Jay was light. messing with it earlier. Mark scolded him. I see. And you did, too. You picked that enough. You ripped it off. No, no, not Look. that one. No, that that wasn't the one I was picking. There was a different one that had like a something, just a little black like ball in it. I had to get it out of there. I think that's what I'm going to do because one of the hardest things it is to get, I can get grizzly on top of Just grizzly. give him the jade to let him pick yeah. shit out oh, of it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he picks out like a monkey picking yes, bugs off its yes, babies. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I might get with him and just I say, I ate hey, it too. Don't worry. What white birds do you have? They're like all white because that's one color that is hard to get. And I might just start raising a couple, of two, three, four roosters of just all whites. Uh-huh. Hopefully helps supplement the muskies. They'll be they'll be the cock of the walk in your oh, household. No if, dude, kidding. those all, all white roosters are like the meanest fuckers ever. I feel like. Yeah, well, he may have something strained up for them though. We'll see. It's not like cockfighting birds. <laughs> they're, they're mean. Oh, dude. mine was wound this morning. He was ticked because I didn't let him out till. Late. Has he learned to uh, crow right? Oh yeah, he can crow right now. But he, you know, first thing in the morning, man, he is. His feet don't touch the ground. He's hopping side to side, just ready to pound something. As soon as that man's come out of that thing, it's just like, look out. Boom, after that, he's good. And he just walks around well, and does his thing. Isn't that how we all kind of wake oh. up, right? He was yeah. pressed against the edge of the coop, just jumping like crazy by the time I got out to this morning. It's a riot. Well, guys, I think we've been rolling shit, man. All night. We're close to three hours. <laughs> Holy crap. I know, man. So, we want to hit some plugs, get on out of here? I think so. Tonight's show, brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Also brought to you by Sims Fishing. Get all your outdoor gear at SimsFishing.com. Yep, Allsdorf Genetics. Why Not Fishing. Check them out, WhyNotFishing.com. And Yeti. Put on A-Rex Hook, too. A-Rexhooks.com. And anyone that needs to register for the beast, N-V-M-A-I-N-C at gmail.com. That's Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, I-N-C, at gmail.com. That's what that stands for. So Great go, time. Go get your packets for the beast. You have one five-day work week to get your packet in. I heard a little tidbit about the beast of the east. All four of the guys sitting at this table are going to be in the Beast of the East this year. That'll be your so, first. Yeah, and yeah. it'll be a fun talk. Well, there's only three of us now, but normally Jace is with us, and Jace is coming. Yep, he'll be up there. So where are they fishing, top or bottom? Wherever they want, really, because he has the... Oh, yeah, same thing as last year. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Uh, all righty, guys. We will catch you next week. What are we talking about here? <laughs>